What does freedom mean? Tune in to LRN.FM to find out. LRN.FM is the Liberty Radio Network, a collection of live talk radio and podcasts, all coming from a principled pro-liberty perspective. LRN.FM show hosts aren't left, right, or conspiracy kooks. You can tune in 24-7 to LRN.FM via your phone, computer, satellite, and more. Listen free anytime at LRN.FM. That's LRN.FM. When they point the finger at you, brother man, this is what you gotta tell them. I'm not guilty. You're the one who's guilty. Lawmakers, the politicians, the Colombian drug lords, all you who lobby against making drugs legal, just like you did with alcohol during the prohibition. You're the one who's guilty. I mean, come on, let's kick the ballistics here. Ain't no Uzis made in Harlem. Not one of us in here owns a poppy feed. This thing is bigger than immortal tech big. This is big business. This is the American way. Free Thought Radio. Independent music, independent talk, and independent minds. Freethoughtmedia.org. Welcome, everybody, to the final-ish episode of Free Thought Radio, part of the Free Thought Media Network at freethoughtmedia.org. I'm your host, Alex Fiddle. It's been a great couple of years. Taking a hiatus on this show, at least for a while. Going to continue with a couple of things, just hanging out, I guess. <laughs> um, definitely running for mayor of Encinitas in 2014, working on that. Got the rally to restore civil liberties, Encinitas City Hall, January 29th, to bring attention to municipal level police militarization and how it, actually the first line you should go to is the municipal level, not the state or federal level. Um, to resist the federal part because you can't go after the federal money. It's guaranteed billion dollars for Homeland Security every year to municipalities. And there was a police state incident in this city coming from those funds. Also, definitely very, very much looking forward to the years to come to see what exactly might happen. Um, as far as police militarization, they need to beef up your budgets every year, so you need to use the stuff that they give you. Well, are there really that many crimes or terrorism, or do they need to make up their own excuses to go door-to-door and to bring people out of their homes? I'm also looking forward to the peaceful, positive energy of this movement that's coming out. I'm looking forward very much to the United We Stand Festival and that whole movement, independence and positivity and uh, peaceful, solutions-based changes to our country, um, bringing power back uh, down to you and I. Um, because even though I know a lot of people that listen to this are anarchist, um, these fat slobs hate to use those terms because there is one in the Encinitas City Hall, by the way. He kind of looks like the mayor from the Toxic Avenger movies. Like one of the f- typical fat, corrupt guy with a mustache. He looks exactly like that guy. And he's he's re- the Republican-endorsed council member that's backed by the police unions and totally pro-militarization and probably a drug warrior. But if it's not somebody like me, it's going to be that guy. And guess what he's going to vote for? Police militarization. So there is a little bit of a, a benefit, so, so to speak, of, of voting and getting people elected into office. They just have to be going in for the right reasons and not looking to change the system from within, but to smash the system by getting elected. 
not massaging it to their liking, but really smashing it, bringing it down to the true uh, respect of all liberty of all peoples. And that, that's the place for voting. But I'm also looking forward to the wave of alternative media and truth-telling journalism, such as myself, but I'm sort of not going to be doing it too much. I'm going to keep my eye out on things, and I might put out a podcast every now and then or, or maybe interview somebody for a YouTube video. Um, but I'm looking to build a WordPress on freethoughtmedia.org. Not asking for money. I'm probably going to have to take it up. I'm just technologically in, into literal, illiterate. <laughs> Uh, so unfortunately, it'll take a while to get that running. And I want to go like way back to like 2010 when I founded the radio show, get every single goddamn Facebook post and put it into WordPress. And I say goddamn because I'm a Muslim and I use the word Allah. Even though, yeah, translates different. Even though it's the same meaning. Yeah, because I'm a raunchy punk rocker and i like to use curse words sometimes anyways <laughs> looking forward to uh how alternative media is going to take over the mainstream media part of that is my guest for tonight he is one of those people that is at the forefront of bringing truth in media and that's literally what he does is truth in media he did it as an anchor on a mainstream news network in cincinnati ohio on fox 19 uh even though you don't see you don't see uh Fox 5 San Diego's, you know, weather lady on YouTube getting millions of hits. Uh, this just goes to show how unique Ben Swan is um, for, you know, even though he was in one media market in one little town and there's millions of those across the country for every little media market, um, he was able to stand out and then become viral on the internet internationally. You know, for reporting on things how the CIA created Al-Qaeda and Zbigniew Brzezinski was like, cheering them on like you're doing god's work which is you know just how how much uh, perversions there are of, of these religions that this these supposed muslims were actually doing israel's bidding through zbigniew brzezinski and all these uh, council on foreign relations people training these al Qaeda uh factions to uh serve the interests of the empire uh which is pretty it's it's tragically ironic because it actually has caused the most harm to the Muslim world and the Muslim countries, as well as the rest of the world. And just our presence over there pisses people off who aren't part of those, you know, al Qaeda, who have their kids killed by missiles. Uh, very little is it actually to do with religion. Surely the al Qaeda people are fed falsely translated things of the religion, but that's not the religion since it's falsely translated. It's, it's a, uh, again, it's a perversion and, and, it is so amicable for guys like Ben Swan to actually just go out there and say things like that because um, it needs to be said because there's too much fear-mongering propaganda. There's too much Jack Bauer, 24, who, what is this new, uh, um, is it a Ma Mark Wahlberg film? And it's basically Mark Wahlberg, the Marine, terrorist with a beard, and he's a Muslim, and he's in the desert of Iraq, and he's going to shoot the terrorists. Be afraid. Uh, <laughs> Those movies, it's just like, they're so desperate. That movie doesn't have any substance, doesn't have any plot. The trailer, the trailer was designed just to be like heroic camouflage wearing Mark Wahlberg and scary Muslim bearded terrorist. <laughs> I mean, they're getting really desperate to mind control the people now. So uh, I'm hoping 
for the alternative media wave, not to just be like guys, but ben, like Ben Swan, but to actually go into the music, movie industries, um, and undo that kind of you know, Mark Wahlberg movie, "Be Afraid of the Bearded Muslim Terrorist." <laughs> so, without further ado, I would like to present my guest for this final-ish episode of Free Thought Radio, uh, who is so much more accomplished of a journalist than I am. It is an honor to be able to discuss um, truth in media with Ben Swan. I taped this a couple of weeks ago. Here you go, guys. Joining me now is Ben Swan. He is an independent journalist coming from the mainstream media. You could check out his independent uh, news agency at benswan.com. That's S-W-A-N-N, Swan with two N's, benswan.com. Ben, thank you again very, very much for joining the program. Alex, thanks for having me on. No problem. So, so it's been about six months since we last talked, and you were launching your Truth and Media project, and you've been able to, you know, cover some very serious topics. And we'll touch on those in a bit. But what has the transition been like? How does the audience differ? The the medium, the learning curves, and, and what tips do you have to offer to citizen journalists from you know the experience you've gotten in producing your own uh, uh, journalism? Well, one of the things I think has been uh, probably the biggest challenge is figuring out the distribution part of it. You know, um, creating content is probably the easy part, but getting that content into the hands and in front of the eyeballs of of uh, viewers and listeners is is it's a, it's a challenge. And so, one of the things we've looked at is um, how to you know kind of build out a broader base of um, distribution. And that comes in various forms. So we're still working through that right now. Um, I've been very happy with the, uh, the amount of traffic that we see on our website. Uh, a lot of that traffic, though, is driven by social networks. And so uh, that can be a great thing, but it also can be a negative thing. Like right now, Facebook, for a lot of folks, is causing all kinds of issues because they're really limiting organic reach. They want you yeah. to essentially buy your reach exactly. uh, from them. So that becomes a that becomes a challenge, right? So just trying to you know work through that process and make sure that um, that we are not dependent upon one one distribution point or another. So uh, I think that's probably been the biggest challenge uh, so far. But it's been a great experience. It's been really exciting. Definitely, and and you've definitely been kind of blowing up a lot of the things about the NSA. Uh, for example, the thing you know we're we're talking right here. We've got the webcams going. Uh, normally, I have a thing over my webcam. Why is why should I have that thing over my webcam? <laughs> yeah, because as as you know from uh, reading articles at BenSwan.com, the NSA can access your uh, webcam without you knowing it. They can actually watch you through that webcam. They can slave the microphone on your on your uh, computer and also on your cell phone, your camera on your cell phone, uh, and they can essentially turn it around and reverse it on you to use it to to monitor you. It's kind of funny too because yeah. years ago, uh, my wife had this uh, laptop that she had bought and it had a webcam and she got a piece of tape and she put it over the webcam <laughs> and uh, I thought she was nuts. I was like, why are you, why are you covering the webcam? And she says, because you never know who's watching you. I'm like, they're not watching you through a webcam. <laughs> and sure enough, she was right. She was ahead yeah. of her time. So <laughs> it's, do you know, uh, do you know how long they've been doing that for? Uh, well, they've been doing it since at least 2008. So, you know, how much, how much before that? I don't know, but you know, obviously that technology has developed a lot. Uh, over the last couple of years as well. So, um, the, you know, the the uh, population of smartphones uh, around the country has obviously increased exponentially uh, over the last couple of years. So that technology has become much more valuable, useful. Definitely. So the NSA can watch you while they watch you watch porn. <laughs> it's pretty ridiculous in our society. Well, and, there, there's, and there's also an issue there, too, where, where apparently the NSA is capturing people watching porn recording their screens uh because they want to be able to use it to discredit them later and so that's wow. also been part of the the uh 
the process. Wow. So let's move on to uh, Syria because you've you've taken a uh, big, um, uh, you know, blowing up that story. Um, you know, um, you have you know the U.S. and Saudi Arabia and Israel kind of having this alliance to back these rebels. Mm-hmm. Um, certainly, all those uh, governments having their commandos actually on the ground training those rebels for the purpose of uh, destabilizing Syria for each country's individual as well as their collective goals. Of course, the trajectory of Syria's you know history is basically permanently altered for a future of chaos and, and needless bloodshed. Uh, talk about the Al Nusra Front that you uh, specifically touched on, who they are backed by, uh, what the truth about the chemical weapons situation was, and where the situation in Syria is now. Because it seemed after the you know the whole war thing you know is not anymore, uh, yeah. it seemed to go under the rug, and not many people are talking about it. Yeah, and, and they're not talking about it right now, which is fairly interesting because as as they fail to talk about it, uh, the violence there hasn't hasn't slowed down, the bloodshed hasn't slowed down, and what our media fails to report on, you know, our media was all over this chemical weapons story, right? So national media ha- wanted to talk about it. They wanted to talk about Assad using these weapons. They wanted to talk about the president's red line. They wanted to talk about the need for intervention. Uh, but what they fail to talk about are things like different cities where Al Nusra Front is moving into those cities and slaughtering hundreds of people, just massacring them. Christians and Jews and Alawites and Muslims who are being slaughtered uh, indiscriminately. And our media doesn't talk about those stories at all. And it's happening every day. In fact, it happens more often since this build-up to war uh, than prior to. It was actually escalated. Uh, but again, our media won't talk about it. And that's part of the, you know, the major issue here with this, is we have this media in this country that loves war. Um, they obviously support the military-industrial complex. They support the idea of uh, foreign intervention. They support any, really, mil- military intervention in any country where there's a an American corporation interest. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, you're never going to hear truth from them when it comes to what's going on over there. Al-Nusra Front, as we talked about, um, is the Syrian wing of al-Qaeda in Iraq. And it is the best financed, most capable, um, best uh, militarily backed group in uh, Syria that's supporting opposition. In fact, it's gotten so bad that we actually ran a piece about the other group, the Free Syrian Army, the FSA, which is a much smaller group that the U.S. says they're backing, uh, has actually now turned its attention to saying, how can we start to work again with the government to fight al-Nusra? Because al-Nusra is killing so many uh, civilians across the, the nation of Syria. But again, it's so hard for Americans to even begin to grasp what's going on over there because there's just there's not an honest discussion about it. Exactly. And, and part of that is is, you know, we are led to believe that just what happened at the end of August is all that there is. Um, but but actually, what's the more important stuff is not the overt war thing with, you know, ships and invasion, but the covert right. stuff with the CIA right. and, you know, the Israeli and Saudi commandos all training them. Uh, which has been going on since the Bush administration and continues to this day. Why, mm-hmm. why do we why do we only pay attention to the overt war when the covert efforts are where kind of the real problems are? Well, that, that's exactly where the real problems are. And the reality is that uh, our government, to pretend that they did not know uh, or even to deny that al-Nusra had uh, sarin gas, you know, Turkish security forces actually arrested members of al-Nusra with two kilograms of sarin gas, then we have our Secretary of State after the the uh, uh, sarin gas attack in the suburbs of Damascus standing up on national TV saying, we know it has to be the Assad regime because no other force in Syria possesses sarin. We knew they possessed sarin. In fact, 
There are some people who believe our government gave them sarin. Now, I'm not, I wouldn't go that far because I have no evidence of that. But I do know that, as you said, we are training these guys. We're releasing them. In fact, a week before that attack in the Damascus suburb, we released 300 al-Nusra fighters into Syria on their way to Damascus. I'm not saying they're the same 300, yeah. but, but the reality is that's, uh, as you said, the covert wars is really the, in my opinion, the more immoral war because we pretend we don't have a hand in it when we're actually trying to direct the entire thing exactly and bringing this over to iran since was, this was supposed to be kind of a backdoor to a war with iran given their uh, strategic defense agreement um uh they came up with this deal you know to loosen the sanctions but now even with those in place congress is still trying to pass more sanctions and the Obama administration is trying to be hands off. Uh, my initial take on it is that the Obama administration is pretending, you know, I, I really do think that they want war with Iran. And, you know, they're, they're pretending to be against the sanctions so that when the sanctions are applied and that it aggravates Iran some more to blame it all on Congress. And they say we, we have no choice but to go to war, but it's all Congress's fault. So he could seem like he's a appeal to, to the anti-war left and soften them even more. Yeah, that's a, it's a pr pretty good theory. Um, I think it's very interesting to watch kind of where we are right now, because um, with these sanctions moving forward, as you said, Congress continues to try to put sanctions on Iran. Um, and the reality is that anyone who believes the sanctions aren't an act of war uh, isn't paying attention. I mean, they clearly are an act of war. Um, and, and, and the reality is they don't hurt the government regimes. They hurt the people. They hurt the, the, the citizenry of Iran. But if you listen to our media, you would think that every person in Iran hates America and wants to see the destruction of it. Um, and, and, you know, is uh, proud to see that happen. Um, and that's not, not the case. But again, we have such this, this very limited, narrow, um, for lack of a better term, ignorant view of the rest of the world beca it, because we view things through this national media lens. Mm -hmm. And speaking of, uh, you know, truth in media, um, what, what do you think of the kind of mainstream media's use of, of things to distract us? I mean, there was... There was Miley Cyrus twerking around the time of the Syrian war. There's uh, Bridgegate around the Trans-Pacific Partner Fast Track or Duck Dynasty around the NDAA. Um, I, I'm not trying to say that there's like some kind of master you know, thing going on, but like right. do, do they kind of you know, do these types of things on purpose or is that just their nature to throw stupid stories while they refuse to cover you know, the real issues given their corporate interests in these matters? Well, I, th I think, yeah, I think more than anything, more than it being a conspiracy, I think it's it's really just laziness. It's, yeah. look, how difficult is it to cover a Duck Dynasty controversy? I mean, you can basically cover that story from 100 different angles, and it has absolutely no real value to anyone. Um, but if you start to dig into things like the TPP, now you're having to really look at very important stories that are multilayered. Um, they have very um, strong repercussions for the American people. Um, they have very strong repercussions for the American economy and the world economy. And yet, and, and again, this is a really important point here, um, media companies don't want to talk about it. The TPP, one of the biggest issues here, um, as you know, Alex, mm -hmm. isn't even the issue of just the economy, but intellectual property. Yeah. And media companies have no interest in doing anything that lessens intellectual property rights yep. um, and not just rights but but the the expansion if you will of intellectual property <clears throat> and so you know th it's certainly not going to benefit them to say let's talk about the tpp yeah. instead of doug dynasty <laughs> yeah uh you, you also touched up uh, relating to the tpp and how it kind of relates to gmos you touched up on uh, a monsanto and corporatism with your truth in media videos um 
uh, generally people who support voluntary market interactions think that, you know, people should be held accountable for violation of people's rights. Um, you know, uh, whereas nowadays if GMO pollen floats onto your garden and contaminates it, you get sued for patent violations rather than the other, the other way around for property rights violation. Discuss, right. discuss Monsanto's line of credit from the government and how they are held legally immune from the environmental impact of their bioengineering. Yeah, I, I think the, the main point here, and by the way, we took a little bit of heat for that story because a lot of people felt like we really needed to go after Monsanto more. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't really even have a problem with Monsanto. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't like them as a, as a corporation, but I don't like a lot of corporations. Uh, and it's not because they're corporations. Mm-hmm. I, I just have an issue with the fact that we have this very, very inappropriate relationship between the corporation and government. Um, and as you're pointing out, there is a, a not just an inappropriate relationship there, but you have very special favors that are granted to companies like Monsanto that allow them not only advantage in the marketplace, but but even more than that, they allow for an infringement upon a citizen's rights. And so as a citizen, you know, I, as you pointed out, I no longer have the right to simply, um, if their pollen enters into my field, if I own soybean, beans or I own corn, um, I can't continue to grow that because, well, now I'm, I'm stealing their patent. I'm using their patented, again, intellectual property. Um, and that's a big problem for me. It, it's, it's not about protecting the rights of the farmer and saying, you need to keep your seed out of his field. Mm-hmm. Um, or even beyond that, that these foods like soybeans and corn are naturally occurring. And so we're not going to allow you to infringe upon their right under natural law, not just U.S. law, but natural law to be able to grow food. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we see this very inappropriate relationship. And for me, it's that revolving door between between the corporation and government, corporation and government, where these guys come in and out, in and out all the time. And as a result of that, they continue to set policy that benefits the company they go back and work for. Then they go back into the public sector and create more policy and regulation that holds back competition. Yep. And protects their corporation um and and you know i've had somebody say to me well you have to remember that when these um these government positions open up you want someone who's an expert in these areas and typically you can find those people in the private sector all right that's fine but what if we did this what if we said we're going to take the experts from the private sector but it is illegal for that person once they've entered into public service to go back to work for any company corporation, small business that has benefited from the um, actions they took while in public public office. First of all, you'd raise the standard of who's going into public office, mm-hmm. uh, and you would also create an atmosphere that says, if you believe in what the, the private market is doing, stay in the private market. If you believe in, in public service, get into public service, but you can't go back and forth mm-hmm. and basically do yourself favors in, you know, in the interim. I just think it's a terrible system. Exactly. And as Mussolini is the one that called that fascism, which is corporatism. Yeah. In fact, I'm going to be down in Houston and Austin um, later this week. And we're going to be talking a lot about that and, and, and the concept of uh, corporatism. Awesome. Uh, for those just joining, I'm speaking with Ben Swan. He's an independent investigative journalist at benswan.com, S-W-A-N-N, Swan with two N's. Um, another controversial to- you t- topic you touched on uh, was 9-11. Um, most people, unfortunately, do not know that there was even a third tower that fell. The mainstream media, for the most part, hides it or discredits it. Um, there's even you know debunkers saying, you know, 
Uh, you know, you 9-11 conspiracy theorists debunked. Building 7 never existed. You're all crazy. <laughs> now, now we have some congressmen actually calling for files on 9-11 to be released, connecting, you know, the government of Saudi Arabia to sponsorship of 9-11. There is also evidence connecting the Israeli government and the Pakistani government to it. And uh, what, what was it like to cover this topic as far as just from the scientific angle and, and just from the fact of, you know, that uh, uh, that it is kind of, relative with new polling numbers coming out a new campaign just to bring awareness about building seven um, sure what, what was the whole journey of that episode yeah it was it was pretty difficult to do it because as you know 9-11 such a tough issue to talk about and and part of it's because we, we're not intellectually honest in this country about those kinds of issues we're so emotional about them and so you can talk about 9-11 because it might you know it upsets me it hurts my feelings uh, it shocks me and so I, I don't want that um and, and one of the interesting things about doing it was we actually got most of our criticism on the piece from libertarians uh who said hey hey don't talk about 9-11 because you're going to discredit yourself you're going to discredit the movement you're going to discredit the whole liberty idea uh because people think we're all nuts because we question 9-11. Look, number one, um, to you and to your listeners, are you a 9-11 conspiracy theorist? I would be willing to go on record to say yes. I'd be willing to go on record in saying every single person in America is a 9-11 conspiracy theorist. And here's why. Because regardless of which story you believe about 9-11, and there are many of them out there, no matter which narrative you believe, it was a conspiracy. It was either a conspiracy by those 11 hijackers who got onto planes, they conspired with Osama bin Laden to fly those planes into buildings and knock them down. Or um, they, there was a conspiracy that knew it was going to happen and did nothing to stop it. Or there's a conspiracy that says Dick Cheney was hiding in the basement with bombs and he blew it up. And there are lots of conspiracies, right? But the bottom line is we can all agree, or we should if we're intellectually honest, that we all believe it was a conspiracy. It didn't just happen organically the buildings didn't just collapse and it wasn't a hey these guys were on a plane they were flying and then all of a sudden they looked at each other and said let's fly them into those buildings we all believe it was a conspiracy the question is this the question is does the science of what happened on september 11 2001 match the claims made by government mm -hmm. i'm not a scientist but as a journalist when i have over 2,000 scientists, architects, and engineers who have studied this throughout their entire lives, not 9-11, but they've studied um, engineering, they've studied uh, structural engineering, uh, they've studied mechanical engineering, when they have devoted their lives to that, and 2,000 of them say that is impossible, what they're claiming, that that building fell down by office fires. When NIST itself says this has never happened before in history, and this is the evolution of, of office fires. Mm -hmm. What? <laughs> office fires don't evolve. If anything, <laughs> we're evolving away from that because we're making the building so they don't fall down because of fires. You know what I'm saying? It, it's. I think for me, I was willing to really cover it from, from that point of view, simply to say what these guys are asking for is an up-and-up up investigation. They didn't make any claims about who actually did it. They didn't make any claims about what government did or didn't do. They simply said, we believe there needs to be a thorough investigation because from a scientific point of view, this did not happen. I think it's a reasonable statement to make. And like I said, we, we took some heat for it, but if I had to do it over again, I absolutely would do that piece over again. Definitely. And, and, and uh, even the term conspiracy theorist is kind of like a derogatory term. I always like to, what, what do you think about the differentiation between theory and fact? Well, sure. And, and, and I think the fact that you, when you, as you said, 
even when you say conspiracy theorist, it, it indicates that everything you believe is based in myth in mythology, essentially. It's a myth, it's a lie, it's a, uh, some crazy theory. And yet we know all throughout human history there have been conspiracies. Um, there was a conspiracy to kill Lincoln. There was a conspiracy to kill JFK. People say, oh, you buy into the JFK conspiracies. Even if you believe, unless you believe that JFK was driving through Dallas and at the, suddenly this guy just dawned on this guy, hey, I'm going to shoot him, then you believe it was a conspiracy. Someone conspired to commit this act. So the problem that we have is, again, it's an easy way of demonizing people and smearing people mm -hmm. who question official narratives. But the problem with the official narrative is many times it just assumes that you're going to believe it because it's official. The media believes it because it's official, because it comes in the form of a press release or it comes from some government official, it must be true. And I think the general public in America uh, is no longer of that mindset. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And, and you're one of the few journalists who, uh, who travels. You recently visited Chile recently with uh, fellow journalist Luke Rukowski of We Are Changed, most known for his confrontations of Henry Kissinger and Lord Rothschild. He, he interviewed actually a, a Chilean citizen journalist who confronted David Rockefeller during Rockefeller's visit to Chile. Now, Chile also happens to be an original signatory nation of the TPP, um, which uh, who knows if he had a hand in. Um, what, what do you make of the contrast of, of the Freedom Project in Chile versus the, you know, the establishment government of Chile, you know, their last vestiges of globalization trying to you know, grease mm -hmm. the Chilean government for things like the TPP? Uh, does mm -hmm. the freedom movement in Chile have a chance at stopping the TPP? And what effect would the TPP have on the Chilean freedom movements? It's a good question. I, I really can't speak to it very well other than to say that um, it doesn't matter what country you're in right now. Yeah. I, mean, there's, I feel like regardless of the nation, whether it's in South America, North America, Europe, Asia, um, we have this growing um, battle. And, and as you know, Alex, we like to say it's not a left versus right. It's liberty versus tyranny. And that really is what it is. It's actually... I've now concluded is a liberty. When I say tyranny, it's actually liberty versus socialism and fascism. Mm -hmm. And that's what the, the battle that's raging right now. Um, and, and you can't sum up, well, it's uh, liberty versus socialism. That's right versus left. No, it's not. Because American right versus left or right and left is actually fascism and socialism. Um, but, but this liberty movement, regardless of where you are in the world, is pushing back against the idea that we are all property of the state. And now that state is becoming a global state where we're all citizens of the, of the earth and we all belong to the governments of the earth um, and that we really possess no rights. Uh, and ultimately, all the rights really belong to corporations and, and the affluent. Listen, this is nothing new. Every phase of human history has experienced this, and throughout different phases, people have been oppressed, and they've also pushed back. <clears throat> and in some generations, there comes a movement that says, we will no longer be subject to tyranny, and, and the people push back. I believe that we've hit that moment again, and I think it's our moment to be able to push back, regardless of whether you're in Chile or the United States or wherever. Definitely. And, and in Chile, you actually uh, launched your Just Us jury nullification movement with Just Us right. Justice. Um, talk a bit about that. And that's definitely a way to push back because when you can't, if you can't do the ballot box or even sometimes the soapbox with the media, uh, a jury box is definitely a great way to at least have innocent people stay out of jail. Uh, talk a bit about that. 
Yeah, absolutely, because um, jury nullification is actually, it's not a new idea, it's an old idea. It's an idea that goes back all the way to the founding of this country. The founders and framers believed that the right recourse to government officials, whether federal, state, or local officials who did not listen to the people and drafted bad laws, the recourse belonged to the juror, so that if someone were to go to trial, that that individual citizen, either on a trial jury or a grand jury, has the ability to nullify bad laws. Uh, John Jay, the first um, U.S. Supreme Court justice, said to, a, to the first jury that was uh, hearing a Supreme Court case, he told them they had the right and the authority uh, to not only judge the facts of the case, which is what we know juries do, but also to judge the law itself. And that's what we're trying to kind of reignite in people, is the understanding that you have the right to really push back against this thing called um, a, a corrupt legal system and a corrupt so-called justice system that's not providing justice. So, for instance, if you're on a jury and you see that somebody is uh, facing prison time because they possessed marijuana and they had marijuana with them, and you say, you know what, that's a victimless crime. There's no victim. I don't believe there's a crime here. You, as a juror, have the, the right and the responsibility to, yes, to judge the facts of the case and say, yep, this guy was caught with uh, personal marijuana on him. However, I also have the right to judge the law and, therefore, I'm not going to sentence the guy. I'm not going to find him guilty because I believe it's a bad law. That is not um, creating chaos in the system, though some judges will tell you it is. Mm. That is not uh, jury tampering, even though some prosecutors and judges will tell you that it is. It is your fundamental American right. And by the way, this has been upheld by the Supreme Court of the United States. It's been upheld by the Arizona State Supreme Court, who have said, yes, it absolutely is your right as a citizen to nullify bad laws if you, if you choose to do so. We're really trying to encourage people to get involved in that. Definitely. Um, and and uh, it's definitely like uh, it would help restore justice in America because, you know, the other day with the whole Kelly Thomas thing, it definitely is leaving people with a, with a sour taste in their mouth in regards to the court systems. Yeah, it, it absolutely is. And I think all across the country we're seeing that we don't like um, a lot of the laws that are being passed and people say my vote doesn't count, the, the system is corrupt, I can't make a difference. On a jury, your vote absolutely counts. It counts every time. And remember this, too. Over and over in this country, we see people being called for jury duty who are running away from it. They don't want to be on juries. It's a pain. They're not interested. Well, guess what? While they're running away, I want to see liberty activists running to juries and saying, let's get on juries where our vo vote actually counts. Mm -hmm. And the, the only advice I would say is don't mention jury nullification until you're actually on the jury. <laughs> I wouldn't even, yeah, and I would recommend you don't even mention it at all. You have the right to nullify without ever telling anyone what you're doing. You can simply say, not guilty. I believe this person's not guilty without getting on a soapbox and saying, it's because of my right as a juror. You don't have to do that. <laughs> Definitely. Um, uh, you, you definitely uh, travel a lot as well, you know, not just for this uh, uh, jury nullification movement, but you go to do truth and media events around the country. Um, yep. You're doing your own events in Texas this coming week. Um, I think it'll already, it'll already be hap happened when this show airs, but in Texas with Governor Gary Johnson in Las Vegas, you've got the Freedom Fest in Vegas, the United We Stand Fest at UCLA, Liberty Political Action Conference, a bunch of Liberty Expos. Uh, maybe I, I'm not sure if I saw like a Bitcoin expo or something. Uh, con right. Contrast yourself, you know, a traveling educational journalist to someone like Anderson Cooper, who kind of stays behind the teleprompter and, and, and people, you know, they don't really interact with the people, even though they're much more enamored with people like Anderson Cooper. Uh, what, yeah. What's that contrast? 
Well, I, I think, you know, for what we're trying to do is, and some people would say, well, you guys aren't as much, you're not really a journalist, and how do you report it? How do you interact, as you said? Um, and one of the ways to do that is to really work to empower people. And I think, in his own way, Anderson Cooper works to empower people. Um, I'm not sure he and I would agree on very many issues, uh, but I think that he wants people to be empowered. I think he wants people to to get up and do something about their situation. Uh, but how do you how do you teach them to do that? And so one thing we try to do at these events is not talk about about the microcosm issues but to really talk about kind of the 30,000-foot view. Here's what's happening in this country. Here's the issue of individual liberty. Here's the issue of freedom. This is how you overcome. Uh, and, and these are some tangible steps you can take. And that's one thing we're really trying to do is just empower people and educate them as to what's happening around them and what it means to, to push to get that freedom back. Definitely, and, and uh, a person that actually uh, uh, introduced you to me uh, was my friend from uh, People Against the National Defense Authorization Act, and he's do definitely, you know, one of those Absolutely. people. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. So, so talk a bit about what you've got in store for for season two of Truth in Media. It's a new year. Uh, we got a lot to look forward to, uh, or maybe not look forward to, like maybe police militarization, just because the nature of government is to grow their budget so they have to use their new SWAT team stuff in order to grow their budget. They, I even saw a story of, of you know, like uh, we talked about Monsanto going in and busting people who grow their own food. Um, That's right. It's kind of a scary thing to look forward to. What what, what are things that you're looking to cover in, in this year? Yeah, there's some really interesting stories that I think, um, you know, from last year, we kind of got our feet wet. I think this time around, we're going to go a lot deeper. We're going to go deeper into issues of what it means um, to really, you know, point out corruption, either in uh, international governments, uh, in our own government. Uh, you talked about militarization of police. We're definitely going to deal with that uh, issue and explain to people how it's happening, why it's happening. Um, and again, w what we really want to do is talk about these issues and then present some solutions as well. So, you know, one of the things we're really rolling out through our website is while Truth in Media is going to, I think, be uh, much more empowered this next time around, and we're going to be, um, for lack of a better term, we're going to be even ballsier the second time around than we were the first. Uh, I I think we go from that also into a much stronger form of activism where we're really trying to give people some tangible things they can do. One of the great things that's happened over the last um, six, seven months is I feel like we've built a lot of strong coalitions with liberty activists. Mm -hmm. We really want to keep that going uh, and, and focus on that. But I'll, I'll give you a teaser. One of the first episodes we're going to do getting started in this next season, uh, we're going to take on this two-party control of our uh, elections and over the um, uh, the issue of debates. And so we're really, really, really going to go after those guys and give people some really good information. And by the way, the first season of our Truth in Media should be getting up on Hulu pretty soon. So I'm excited about doing that so that this next round, as I said, of the uh, even harder content, we'll be able to follow it there. Definitely. Do you have any final uh, thoughts for our listeners? And again, where they can find you online and everything like that? Yeah, check out benswan.com. That's benswan, S-W-A-N-N.com. You can check out our Truth and Media reports there. Also, you can find uh, all kinds of, of content. I'd encourage, by the way, your listeners, if you're interested in our content or if you already go there from time to time, sign up for the email list because, as I said, the best way for us to get content to you is through email as opposed to through Facebook and all those social channels. Uh, so I want to encourage people to do that. Uh, we also have an app. You can find it on the um, iTunes App Store and also the Google Play Store. You can get it there, uh, and you can, you know, we'll, we'll send it straight to you. So I encourage people to do that. Check it out. Um, and also on Twitter, it's Ben Swan hashtag. You can find me there as well. So I, I wouldn't. I'm not even going to give you the Facebook address because I'm mad at Facebook right now. So <laughs> don't, don't even mess with yeah. those guys. <laughs> at Facebook. 
Well, awesome. I've been speaking here with Ben Swan, independent journalist over at benswan.com. That's swan with two N's at the end. Ben, thank you again very, very much for joining the program. Happy New Year and look forward to another year of Truth and Media. Thanks, Alex. And that was my guest, Ben Swan, benswan.com, B-E-N-S-W-A-N-N.com. Looking forward to what he's got coming up. And, you know, it's very, very much needed to have a kind of an objective eye to what's going on um, to question the events of certain things without jumping to conclusions. Um, you know, like we said, the difference between theory and fact, the theory pushers are definitely, you know, I would agree completely off their rocker and not credible, but you know, like, like we said, like, Oh, uh, building seven debunked. There is no building seven. That video you saw was fake. Don't pay attention. <laughs> like, obviously that is that that did happen, and there is just no ignoring uh, such a, uh, a excruciatingly important detail such as that. And why not go into it? I think it's something uh, to look into. Don't want to jump to conclusions. Don't don't necessarily maybe agree with other with whatever. Uh, somebody in the whatever movement might say uh it's it's all objective i look at everything objectively as an individual um, but if you really think about it the government's official report is also as much of a theory as anything else so um really the, um but it's not you know the biggest issue i think i think more uh while i do bl- think that it is definitely a valiant uh thing to pursue because you know we should know uh, what, what happened. Um, but at the same time, uh, more importantly, um, also just end the wars objectively, forget about what the supposed justification for it is. Doesn't, doesn't matter if it even was justified because it's no longer even serving that mission. Uh, um, it it is not even what we're doing now isn't even related to nine 11. It is straight up colonialism empire. There's no doubt about it. Um, there, there's no doubt that there is definitely, you know, uh, evil in people. We could talk about, you know, all, all these kind. uh, well, you know, I do think that there is a evil presence, um, you know, that, uh, from, from, you know, coming to Islam and, you know, knowing that there is, uh, uh, definitely some, uh, work of devils and people. That's exactly it. There is evil in people, um. That's why I don't really, I, I'm still, you know, I'm a horror movie fan. I don't really care about fictional stuff because fictional stuff is all tongue in cheek. I mean, it's all uh, red food coloring and corn syrup to make fake blood on TV. Um, not compared to what actually go the evil that goes on in real life. That is what we got to pay attention to because there is evil in human beings. You know, you can see the, the, they, the evil disguises itself as a friendly human being. You know, just... Just going down the list here. Um, Zbigniew Brzezinski, Henry Kissinger, Donald Rumsfeld, George H.W. Bush, George W. Bush, President Obama, um, General McChrystal, David Petraeus, Colin Powell, Condoleezza Rice, Shimon Perez, Ariel Sharon, may he rot in hell, um, Benjamin Netanyahu, 
the Saudi princes, the government of Bahrain, um, the the people who are carrying out the genocide of the Rohingya Muslims in Burma. Um, you just go down the list, you know. It is so easy to see that there is actually evil in people throughout the world. And yeah, uh, it, it is kind of useless to focus on fictional evil. And, and that, that is why I think we need to really shift in a positive direction because our energy combined, I really do think, uh, affects the world that we live in. Uh, if all we have is negative energy, then it makes the world pretty negative. And it allows us to be weak for kings and tyrants to take us over. Um, so it is definitely very important to have that positive energy, peaceful energy. Yes, these people may cause great evil. And yes, it is important to get justice for the specific individuals that do it, not groups of individuals, because that's uh, not fair. But the actual individuals who are perpetrating the crime, yes, um, we want to bring them to justice, maybe send them to jail and have them in front of war crimes tribunals and stuff like that. But at the same time, uh, as much as they should all go to jail, um, pointing fingers it, it isn't the healthiest way to go. While we still should bring those, you know, hold those accountable, it's it should be in a healthier direction. And that, that's why uh, I'm uh, very much looking forward to the whole free and equal United We Stand thing because it's definitely a lot of positivity and energy like that. Um, towards you know what uh, what Ernie Hancock coined as the evolution, um, I do really feel that that's what needs to take place. Uh, there is too much anger. As much as I would have loved to gone out and protest with all the Kelly Thomas people, um, uh, and I think demonstrations are a good thing. We shouldn't stop protesting, but also got to pursue the avenues of. Well, I'm yelling at an empty building. What what's changing here? Um, we got to do both. the The demonstrations have the good public pressure and the presence, but when it comes to actual ink and paper, the Fed's still there. Uh, the cops are still doing their thing. Um, uh, we have to we have to actually be in a position to cause systemic change, rewrite these laws, uh, make it a crime for. Uh, police officers do that. Establish independent community police review boards like Cindy Sheehan is proposing for as governor of California. Uh, I assume for the same for the other guy, uh, independent Luis Rodriguez. For uh, um, and you know what? Uh, on that on that subject, like I really really hate that California voter uh, petitioning laws. You know, make it so that if you sign uh, Cindy's petition, you can't sign Luis's. Like, and that creates undue unneeded rivalry between the two because i would love to see some unity i would love to see both of them in the top two and i think it is totally possible we just have to get off up, off our couches and actually vote as much as some of the anarchists listening might cringe uh better than uh, jerry brown and and tea party uh statist lunatic tim donnelly uh getting in and and being in charge of the eighth largest economy of the world um you know the saying, if voting changed anything, they would make it illegal. Well, look at ballot access laws. Look at all these barriers. It is partially illegal. So I, I do think that voting for independents and alternative party candidates, as long as they're there to smash the system and not to massage it to their own liking, 
Um, I, I think that's definitely important. And we see even the anarchists in the Free State Project getting elected and voting. Um, so I, I do sympathize with the non-voting crowd totally, 100%. And I would not vote if it was if it was completely illegal, if he couldn't even run outside the Republicans and Democratic Party. But for now, uh, I, I think he should. we should vote as a last resort while causing change in the interim, uh, while uh, dealing with election fraud in the interim, uh, while addressing the role of government and in, in, in individual autonomy and uh, leaving people aloneism in the interim. But do you really want the fat, corrupt mayor to be in charge or at the very least hey an educational campaign could really fuck up their day and fuck up their charade because it is a charade i mean just going back to the mayor's election that i'm gonna be going up against if it wasn't for me it would be just to be a total charade and no matter who got elected it'd be 100 percent the same it'd be crazy and additionally for the whole marijuana issue like if we don't vote to legalize marijuana they're just going to point more and more guns at are marijuana plants so it, there is a value there's a medium ground and definitely we should be skeptical of voting in the voting system um but you know it it is it is something that it, that it is uh worthwhile if you get again truly radical people that don't want to m- massage the system to their liking even the libertarians uh supposed uh like the whole Ted Cruz Tea Party movement. That is BS, dude. That guy supports your your constitutional liberties as long as you're not a Muslim or a pothead, which is what I am. <laughs> so, um, unfortunately, um, we, we do need to support principled candidates. Anybody that, that uh, compromises their integrity... There's a difference between, you know, disagreeing on small things, but that's not compromising or necessarily compromising your integrity. You know, we can't fall under all rigid lines, but compromising your integrity is definitely very apparent. <laughs> Rand Paul. Um, <laughs> um, so so I, I would hope that uh, the, the positive direction of really, really it, it is sh- shedding the uh, notion of authority, emancipating yourself from mental slavery. Uh, authority is nothing but in the mind. Um, if we stop letting people control us, then it is harder for them to control. Um, so, uh, and, and, and it is definitely, uh, e- even though it's kind of one, you know, there's many more organizations that are doing these types of things. Uh, I mean, really, if you look at it, it's really passing it on to the people, uh, uh, letting them people, giving them just them the tools, the knowledge, the awakening first, you know, the, all the speakers at the festivals is pretty awesome. It just gives people the awakening so that uh, it, then they're allowed to work by themselves beyond the organization. You know, um, it, it empowers people to act like we shouldn't wait on others to tell us how to act. Um, we have to figure things out on our own. Like when, uh, when it comes to canvassing, I was never a political science person uh, or, or anything of the sort. Oftentimes, it's trial and error, uh, different strategies, tabling door-to-door, um, counter-economics. You know, the whole agorism thing is definitely just as important to do to pursue all avenues towards liberty because uh, we hit them from all sides, then the faster the house of cards will crumble. But anyways, I want to get to some new music. Uh, 
um, from the band Cynic because uh, they're coming out with an album February 18th, North America, called Kindly Bent to Free Us, aptly titled. And super duper cool. Cynic has been confirmed for the United We Stand Festival. Totally awesome. Uh, I've been listening to them since high school, and it's amazing uh, to see them uh, stand alongside something so very uh, uh, peaceful, revolutionary. Definitely something that um, fits, in, fits into their mold. Uh, the guitar is definitely very spiritual, Kriya Yoga. Um, and uh, he. Uh, apparently really likes the whole presence of Marianne Williamson uh, there. And so um, definitely super diverse selection of music there. And I'm looking forward to it at UCLA uh, this year. So I uh, hope everybody can attend at unitedwestandfest.com. Check it out. And so this is one of the new songs. And I probably have to do some more research into uh, Buddhism and Kriya Yoga to get all the inferences as well as take a lot of drugs <laughs> to maybe understand some of these lyrics. But either way, I think uh, uh, they're they're definitely very uh, interesting on the mind and the music's great. And uh, I love the new direction of this album. So this is Kindly Bent to Free Us by Cynic. I hope you can pick up the new album when it comes out. And see, uh, as Paul Masvidal said, you know, the conscious, the magical consciousness experiment takes you. Uh, so you're listening to ki- Kindly Bent to Free Us by Cynic here on Freethought Radio, freethoughtmedia.org, lrn.fm, the Liberty Radio Network.
The Free Thought Media Network is supported by Hippie Butter Hemp Seed Products. Through their affiliate program, the Hippie Butter banner at freethoughtmedia.org contains a link that allows a portion of your sales to support this show. Hippie Butter is 100% organic hemp seed food and skincare products. Hemp is not cannabis and contains no psychoactive THC, cannot get you high, and will not appear on any drug test. Hemp seed butter is a whole food soft meal for babies. Hemp seeds are a 100% organic, raw, and non-GMO source of proteins, omega fatty acids, and trace minerals. Our special hippie link can be found at freethoughtmedia.org. Are you tired of governments murdering people around the world? Stop using their money. There is an alternative. Bitcoin is a stateless, free market, non-political currency. Bitcoin cannot be inflated or controlled by any government. By using their money, you are helping the state. Stop doing it. You have an incredible alternative available now. Learn it, use it, spread it. Get started with Bitcoin at weusecoins.com. That's weusecoins.com. Hi, I'm Derek J. I don't want a politician to represent me. To me, government is the idea that one group of people can coerce everyone to comply with an edict or face increasing punishments up to and including death. Despite perhaps the most noble of intentions, the best government services are a far cry from what could be provided for by voluntary interactions. Besides, the people who call themselves the government wage wars and put peaceful people in jail for crimes involving no victims. If Starbucks used some of its money to drop bombs, I wouldn't shop there. So why would I support the American empire? The empire does not require my consent. Derek J's Victimless Crime Spree. You can order your copy of the Director's Cut DVD now at victimlesscrimespree.com. The Free Thought Media Network is supported by Health Forest Nutritionals through their affiliate program. The Health Forest banner at freethoughtmedia.org has a link that allows a portion of your sales to support this show. Health Force is 100% non-GMO, organic, raw, and vegan superfoods and detox remedies. The award-winning Vitamineral Green Complex contains algae that are grown indoors to avoid attracting atmospherical pollutants, essential greens like wheatgrass, and more that take heavy metals, radiation, and toxins out of the body due to nuclear power, fluoride, chemtrails, GMOs, vaccines, and more harmful man-made pollutants. The Warrior Food Protein Powder is hemp and brown rice, 100% vegan, raw, organic. Our specialized health force link can be found at freethoughtmedia.org. See why the government's cracking down. Introducing the two drugs that are legal, alcohol and cigarettes, two drugs that do nothing for you whatsoever. And drugs that grow naturally upon this planet. Drugs that open your eyes up to make you realize how you're being f***ed every day of your life. Those drugs are against the law. Free Thought Radio. 
waking you up to the fact that you're being screwed by the system every day of your life since 2010. Only on LRN.FM, Radio Network, Media, I'm Ben Tufrias by Cynic, the new track off the upcoming February 18th release here in the United States. You're listening to Free Thought Radio on the Free Thought Media Network. Last show for a while. And I'm joined now by Free Thought Radio co host and network contributor Mike Pastor. How are you doing? Hi, hi. Uh, I'm doing, I'm doing great. Uh, a little tired after the. Uh uh, SoCal uh, Libertarian Conference yesterday we had a blast, uh, you know, uh, all, with all the uh, local Southern California crazies, if you know what I mean, all of us uh, hippies and whatnot. And it, was, it was a good time. Tell us time. what you tinfoil hat domestic terrorists were doing up there. Uh, yeah, it's, um, they've, uh, it's, it's, uh, a uh, little conference, not a convention, but a conference. So, so no reference room. Everybody hanging out. It's um, run by uh, the San Bernardino uh, Libertarian Party, and it's just you know supposed to be you know gathering for all the uh, uh, Southern California uh, Libertarian parties. And uh, yeah, uh, Ernie Hancock was uh, one of the speakers. Uh, if anybody knows who that is, he's a radio show host from uh, Arizona, and he came all the way out there to speak for uh, this uh, conference, and you know, kind of talked about a lot of the activism he's done in the past, and you know, what he sees, what's going on with the government, where it's going, and all that. And um, also, um, Leon Weinstein. Uh, who is a um, uh, he? He was allowed to immigrate to the United States uh, from the Soviet Union, uh, kind of by lottery. Uh, I guess what happened there used to be a uh, agreement between the United States and the Soviet Union that the U.S. would give the Soviet Union wheat if they would allow fifty thousand people to immigrate, and he kind of won that lottery ticket. So he's kind of telling us uh, his experiences living in the Soviet Union and how, obviously, it's not as bad in the U.S. as it is or was in the Soviet Union, but it's, uh, uh, you know, uh, it's getting kind of weird over here. So, yeah. And then, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, um, also um, Stephanie Butts, who's head of the California College Libertarians, is talking about how she's, you know, trying to... Uh, get uh, the uh, college libertarians a little bit more active because uh, for some reason it's kind of hard to do that with libertarians, but she's working on it, and it's going pretty well. And then Flavio Filmorato, uh, who's also on the uh, Libertarian National Committee, uh, gave a little talk about it. It was a good time, and then, of course, uh, Jordan Page was the uh, uh, the lead ticket there for the uh, for the music after the uh, you know speakers were done, and that was uh, he's actually a really amazing musician. I didn't know that, but uh, it turns out he's really really good. Yeah, definitely, and and uh, definitely uh, Ernest Hancock, um, one of my favorite uh, radio personalities, and always ha- have a fun time listening to what he has to say about. Um, I wasn't able to make it up there, and and there were two things on Saturday that I missed. There was a protest for the 
justice for Kelly Thomas in Fullerton. Yeah, I'm really glad you brought that up, actually. Yeah. We couldn't go through the show without talking about the uh, Kelly Thomas verdict, you know. Yeah. Before we actually talk about it, let's just talk about what happened on Saturday, which was uh, protests yes. at Fullerton PD, where this time the riot uh, gear showed up, you know, the fascist uh, riot squads and... Um, actually a person that I know personally that I met recently, um, got arrested and filmed her own arrest and, uh, interestingly enough, got released today. So glad to hear that. Um, who was it that got, uh, that, uh, got, uh, got the cuss put on him? What happened? Um, her, her Ustream handle is PM Beers. Her name's Patty. And, um, she was filming her own, they were just arresting people and she was, uh, filming her own arrest. Um, uh, and, and wound up in jail for a couple of days and there was a phone flood and then anonymous took down the floor Tim PD website. And, oh, that's good of them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, and then, and then, and then <laughs> no, all our. I love it when they do that. Everybody pretty much got released uh, sometime around noon today. Yeah, so good, they were held good, overnight. Good. Yeah, I, yeah I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. I hadn't actually heard of uh, a lot of what happened with the protest up there. I heard mm-hmm. that there was a protest, but beyond that, I was having problems trying to find any sort of, uh, you know, uh, news of what was going on with that. So. Yeah. Um, well, let's talk about the, you know, the story itself of, of what they were protesting. What, 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 what is your yeah, whole but, take on it? <laughs> um, I was, uh, absolutely floored, you know, I mean, I, I mean, you know, I think I'm exaggerating about this, but I was, you know, uh, pretty, uh, you know, the only way, uh, to describe it was I was just drained when I heard what the verdict was, you know. Yeah. And it, was, it was just, I, I was just in shock and disbelief. And I just, you know, almost kind of, I don't want to say it's not depression, but, you know, I'm not sure how else to describe it, but I was just like, I, I can't believe that happened. You know, I mean, yeah. they've got them audio and video of these cops beating this man into a coma. Mm-hmm. And he died, and not guilty. You know, I, I it's, it's mind blowing. It really is. Yeah. And and uh, and you know, whatever you want to say about uh, like I I don't think he deserved to die, and he was begging for his life. You know, that kind of shown some restraint. I mean, obviously, a shred of humanity. Uh, same thing happened when they were dra- when the cops were dragging a person with Down syndrome out of a movie theater because he. You know, he, he, you know, the way he is, you know, what didn't leave the movie theater and they had, you know, had to say, oh, you're not paying your ticket. Well, well then they called the cops and the cops, you know, give them an inch, take a mile. Um, they basically asphyxiated this guy, this guy with Down syndrome while he was being dragged out of the movie theater. And as he was dying, he just like Kelly Thomas, he was yelling for his mom, uh, which is incredibly, you know, scary that people... Just because they have a little bit of power, they take a person's life away. And if you think about it, you're one person. I'm one person. Uh, we just don't people. Oh, it's not a person that I know that's next to me. So uh, cognitive dissonance. I don't really care. But when it 
you need to get down to that personal level um, for you to really comprehend how just how really much every life does matter. And when somebody takes it away, they are not a good person. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, the thing that, that makes, you know, the verdict so much more heartbreaking is, I mean, like you said, I mean, he... He uh, he was a schizophrenic and not a uh, you know a violent schizophrenic, but you know he, you know whether he's saying this because of his condition or if he's saying this simply because you know he was losing consciousness. But I mean he's he's calling for you know his dad mm-hmm. while he was being beaten. You know it's just I I, I don't know how the how not only those officers officers could continue after he started doing that, but then they got off from it. I don't know. Yeah, it's definitely not a good, it's definitely not a good thing. And, um, we, uh, definitely, um, need, need to turn this around into, into positive action because I, they might be waiting for us to get angry to unleash this police state. So I think what things like anonymous do, which, um, uh, don't, doesn't hurt anybody. Um, or or, de- or more more solutions uh, based things, just like plain old accountability, which this is not the this this verdict is definitely not accountability. That that if you cause harm to somebody, if you take somebody's life away, you are held accountable. I don't believe in the death penalty, but I do believe in in some form of justice. Uh, as Patrick Henry said, "Give me liberty or give me death." I think to lose your liberty is actually worse than losing your life. So to get life without parole, it's actually worse than the death penalty, given that uh, kind of paradigm, that a- axiom of, of, you know, liberty is one of the high, one, one of the highest ideals of life, of course, stemming from uh, our worldview of, um, of, uh, leave, of, you know, we should, we should leave people alone and our rights don't intersect onto other people's rights uh, that we're allowed to violate them. Um, yeah, totally. I, I, it's, uh, I'd be the same way. I mean, if, if I was ever, you know, somehow thrown in jail, it would, you know, my only thought would be how to escape. And if I couldn't escape, then I would think about, you know, ending it for myself. You know, I, I wouldn't be able to handle that. So yeah, yeah that is de- I mean, to me, it's definitely, that's, that's a much worse punishment uh, than being executed. That is why if you don't want to do the time, don't do the crime, except for in this society where things that aren't actually crimes are crimes. Then it's like, um, and that's even more of a trap because, you know, you're, you know, you haven't done anything wrong yet. You're rotting in jail. That's, yes. that's worse than actually it, like you've done something. <laughs> you may have the wrong piece of vegetation in your pocket. You may have a certain, you know, uh, you might have some metal that's formed into a weapon. Yeah. I was actually watching this thing on Brandon Robb, who's the um, military guy that got thrown into the psych ward. It's like, not only was he arrested without, he didn't do anything wrong. Not only was he detained, he was put into a psych ward. And that's basically, that's basically like a re-education camp, you know, like, oh, you shouldn't believe these things against your government. You're a crazy person. Let's give you these medications. Would you like more medication? Like, uh, I would yeah, not I mean, want to be experimented on because the state deems that you're psychologically impaired. And what's their definition? I mean, it's obviously if you're if you're 
I mean, it, it's the whole Twilight Zone thing. It's like, no, you're not crazy, but there. But do you have a choice when there's a monopoly on force, and you're basically in prison? You're their guinea pig. It's like it's literally like torture. It's it's the most inhumane thing that's ever. But it's like you're trapped because that's the societal norm of really protecting the empire. That if you if you challenge, you know, the mass murdering war machine, then you are a crazy person and we're going to we're going to shut you up by just uh, feeding you drugs or or all these kinds of things until you're until you're better <laughs> until you can think like you want you to think like the slim yeah. shady video you know where they're like all in line to take their pills <laughs> yeah um, i i was thinking of um, uh one flew over the cuckoo's nest yeah. if you've ever seen yeah. you know uh, medication time medication time <laughs> Yeah, uh, I guess uh, um, I guess they're gonna start doing um, firing squads again because somewhere along the line in that uh, you know stopgap budget bill that they did because they're running out of money that they print, um, they ran out of phenobarbital or whatever the drug is called that they use to uh, uh, kill people with with oh, yeah. injection. Definitely. And so now they're thinking about, oh, well, I guess we'll just do firing squads again. Huh. Hmm. Well, that's uh, not communist or fascist at all. Or medieval. That's not like, oh, <laughs> yeah, we're not going to execute you by firing squads. Wait, yes, we are. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> oh yeah. Speaking of fascists, um, President Obama really gave uh, recently gave a speech about his... NSA reforms, and by reform, he just he just uh, reformed some words around, and then said that that fixed the problem. <laughs> yeah, that uh, that actually that actually sums it up beautifully. Yeah. He reformed the way he talks about the NSA yeah. now. Now, just because, <laughs> just because, uh, what what if there was another nine eleven and and we didn't do anything and they didn't connect the dots? Well, it's like, geez, they have their tentacles in every avenue of everything. I have a, I have a freaking card over my webcam because they could watch me talking to you. Uh, maybe, maybe I wouldn't be surprised as to why they would miss another nine eleven because they'd be too busy trying to watch me through the webcam instead of actually trying to, I don't know, use due process and build a case against someone who they could actually prove to be guilty, which is a much better. Uh, spending of your resources because you're actually focusing on people you actually think would lead to something rather than uh, staring at old uh, enemy of the states here, uh, Alex Fiddle and Mike Passer, uh, who do nothing wrong to harm anybody else in society. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, if, if anything, you know, we're, we're being uh, much more productive members of society than those guys are. Yep. You know, I mean, what are they doing really, you know? Well, we're keeping the country safe. Oh, well, why do we need the NSA? Oh, well, because people hate us and there might be terrorists. Uh, yeah. Maybe we should stop doing the things that make people hate us. That's what yeah. we can start with. <laughs> and I was watching. Uh, I was watching Breaking the Set on RT, and uh, Abby Martin was talking about um, one one of the quotes where Obama was like, "These people that work for the NSA, uh, they're our neighbors." Yeah, if our neighbors had freaking spy cams into our bathrooms like Chuck Berry did to those girls. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and then she, she brought up how a lot of NSA people 
were posting anonymously that they would they would literally love to kill Edward Snowden, inject him with poison, or slit his throat, or stuff like that. You know, if 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 wow. you're if you if NSA is my neighbor and I'm a dissenter and they they would want to slit my throat. I mean, that's da- they th- those are the real terrorists in our society. The the people that I mean, there's no other way to put it. It's ridiculous. It's freaking Twilight Zone. So no they're end. not just voyeurs, they're, they're violent people, too, or they talk about violence. They work for violence. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's just, you know, they're not just watching there, they're actually, like, have violent thoughts. They hate these people that they're watching, you know? Yeah. No, I mean, like, they work for the government, which is violence. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, I, I know where you're, yeah, I feel you. I feel you. I understand. I understand. <laughs> I understand. Yeah, and, um, like... To, to be able to I don't I don't even know where to start because I forgot I forgot this the train of thought that I was going on maybe it's because I'm kind of thirsty right now but um, to <laughs> well yeah you know be, be careful the water is three quarters of your body so yeah yeah um, to think oh, okay okay so here's where here's where I was going with that this is one area where Ed, Ed Ed Snowden didn't even have to do anything. Like he didn't have to reveal, oh, they want to kill me. They said it themselves. They proved just the audacity and the dangerousness of this surveillance and police state that they are aiding and abetting. So they 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 did the work for him by proving just how psychotic and sociopathic and backwards the system is. I, I don't know how anybody can support this uh, unless they're completely brainwashed. Um, it, it's 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 absolutely insane. That anybody would justify this when these people want to kill dissenters, and they're open about it, and they're and and this is this is the stuff that we're supposed to be alarmed about. But it's going back to that Brandon Raub thing. It's like, well, like, are, uh, you're gonna believe he's crazy because I tell you he's crazy. Well, uh, have you ever looked at the world around you in the first place? Um, most people haven't, and then they'll, they'll just believe what they're fed and. Same thing with the NSA. Yeah, Watch know. 24 and the Jack Bowers all day. And uh, Jack Bauer, you know, he's in the subway. There's a guy with dynamite around his stomach. And he has the he has the button. And he says, Allahu Akbar. And then, and then Jack Bauer kicks him out of the back of the subway. And then he blows up in the tunnel. And they get, he gets blown back a little bit. And falls on the floor. But he's a hero. Because he slammed those Muslim terrorists to the ground before they killed themselves. That, that, what... That's the phrase of a terrorist. The Allah with the Akbar. That's the. <laughs> See, the thing that happens is, is that it's it's easier to not think about it. You know, I mean, obviously, there's all you know the the sort of indoctrination that people get, you know, in, in public school, yeah. <laughs> and sometimes a lot of private schools too. But um, but on top of that, you know, the layer on top of that is. It's easier to not think. It's easier to just accept what you're told because the alternative is really scary, you know. And I, you know, I'm, I don't. I'm not saying that just to be funny, even though it kind of is to say that. Oh, the alternative is just so scary. I don't want to think about it, but it is, you know. I mean, yep. think back to when you first started uh, looking into all this sort of stuff, and when I first started looking out into all this sort of stuff too. It's scary. It's like this is really going on, you know. Yep. I mean, this. This whole thing, you know, if you've read 1984, uh, I have, you know, it's, it, you know, 
that's what they're doing. I actually, <laughs> I actually started reading it in 2009, and that's you know, you may think 2014, but that's that's only like barely uh, five years. That's that's going from fiction to reality within five years, and it was already reality. We just didn't know anything about it. That was all left to yeah. to theory before you know the facts of it through Edward Snowden came out, but. We're already there and then some. Like, they couldn't have imagined Xbox One being used to x-ray and see little kids' junk because uh, uh, the NSA, they're basically uh, the smart TVs and the Xbox Ones are all NSA machines. And now your iPhone is with a little fingerprint scanner on there. <laughs> Biometric yeah. data. You know, it, it, it's, it's uh, you know... Uh, you know, who knows what they're doing? Are they, I mean, is it doing it just to keep people scared, or are they doing it for data mining so they can sell to some company because the NSA has got some contract? They might be doing it just for money, too. Yeah. You know? I mean, it might just be that simple. You know, it probably isn't, no. They, they, they do it to keep people scared. And to say, you know, crush dissent. You know, yeah. I mean, do I believe that the NSA is looking into my phone right now? One, I could never actually know that to be sure. But two, you know, even if they weren't, it's the idea that they can do it is yeah. why uh, is why I don't think they're, you know, really trying to stop all the leaks that well, you know, because they they, if they wanted to kill Snowden, they could have killed him. Mm-hmm. You know, they could find a way to do it. And, uh, and they haven't done it, and it, I think a lot of that has to do is because they they're almost okay with that kind of leaking out a bit, so people get scared, mm-hmm. so people don't go to protests, so people don't try to talk to people and tell them to take some time to free their mind, you know. And what what would what would be the backlash of like, oh, there's no more Edward Snowden? Hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's 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 just it's it's not very good. Um, so let's uh, actually let, this takes me to an article from Freedoms Phoenix uh, Think Tank uh, says an extraordinary crisis needed to preserve the new world order. Um, now this kind of reminds me of the think tank that Donald Rumsfeld and you know Wolfowitz and Cheney were all part of, saying that we needed it before nine eleven that we needed a new Pearl Harbor. Um, yeah. To to uh, a new Pearl Harbor to whatever exact our agenda or whatever. So it's a, um, this is from LouRockwell.com, writing for the Atlantic Council, a prominent think tank based in Washington D.C. Harlan K. Ullman warns that an extraordinary crisis is needed to preserve the New World Order, which is under threat of being derailed by non-state actors like Edward Snowden. The Atlantic Council. Is considered to be a highly influential organization with close ties to major policy makers across the world, headed by General Brent Scowcroft. Uh, Imbe- oh. I'm thinking of Ali G because he was on Ali G. Embiid General Brent Scowcroft. And, and he was like, <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. former. Uh, he, he was under Ford and HW. Um, and Snowcroft has also advised President Obama, mm. uh, as Bill Crystal called President Obama, the born again neocon. Yeah, so they're yeah. so he's basically doing another thing that um 
that uh Rumsfeld did. So we oughta we oughta keep our eyes peeled. Cause I wasn't exactly sold on the Boston bombing, that's for sure. If you wanna watch if anybody listening out there wants to watch a great video on it, just check out youtube.com slash stormclouds gathering what you aren't being told about the Boston bombing. Yeah, there's a, you know, all, you know, it's really interesting to find out these connections that uh, these different uh, think tanks have with people or people working for these think tanks who they worked for in the past, who they're now working for, all that sort of stuff, you know, and we go off on a tangent about like, oh, you know, they're part of this society or that society, but really it doesn't matter. They're just bad people, you know, Uh, but you know, and, and and then the thing is, is that you know, and it's all it's all a cover uh, to not people to get think about you know the serious issues like there is no money. You know, yep. it's just like oh well, we have to give people if people are distracted by a war, they don't think about oh they just plant the money oh there really is no money you know. Uh, you know, I guess one of the stories that I I came up with. Um, for today's show was uh, the Germans, um, last year the Germans told, called up the Federal Reserve Bank of New York and said, the German government did, called up the Federal uh, Reserve Bank of New York and said, hey, can we get our gold back? Because they've had gold being stored in that bank for decades and decades and decades. Uh, and probably since the end of World War II, uh, they've, they've had their uh, gold stored there. And uh, the Federal Reserve said, sure, yeah, we can do that for you, but it's going to take eight years to get you all that gold. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, right. And then after another yeah. eight years, uh, come back in another eight years. Uh... Yeah, well, don't worry. We got it. We got it. Relax, you know. But so so far, they've only um, given them 5% of that gold that they've requested. Yeah. Uh, and... Uh, Quick. And... Go to the pyrite mines. Get the fool's gold. Yeah, or, you know, quickly, we need more tungsten. We can just plate it. It'll, it'll never look at it, you know? Uh, yeah, so they've only given them 5%, and this is after one year, and they said they're going to give them all the gold in eight years. So if you continue on their current path, it'll be less than half. And then, of course, at that point, they'll be like, well, we gave you at least half. You know we're good for the rest, Right. So, assuming they even give them half by eight years, they may not. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I don't, I, I, this, I mean, this is exactly what happened in the 1971, which led to the whole Bretton Woods thing. And though, it's, I think it was Germany as well. It's like, have they learned yet, or like, what's, why are they not even, you know, saying, hey, this is, you, well, maybe you guys are criminal. <laughs> I I don't I I'm wondering what's the what's the softness on the part of of uh of the German government, um, but then again, yeah. the German government has always kind of been controlled by uh the kind of the central banking system. Hitler was you know just another part. I mean, there's a great there's just a great term for it. It's, uh, that's from a, a great song. It's just a world circus. Uh, it's all theater. You have uh, you have the you have you have uh profiting off of both sides of every wars and case in point george h or george w bush's grandfather and george h w bush's father prescott laundered money to hitler with the help of federal reserve founder paul warburg and 
JP Morgan and Rockefeller and the usual crowd all laundering money to dictators just so they could, uh, you know, fund the theater of war and divide and conquer and um, chaos and, and other uh, other kinds of things that they thrive off of monetarily. Well, the, the rumor mill the rumor mill that's going around right now, or something that came out of the rumor mill, I guess is the the more appropriate term there, is now the German government is starting to talk about gold manipulation all of a sudden, and that's probably related to the fact that they're getting stiffed on the gold. Yeah. So now they're trying to be like, hey, everybody, do you know the gold market's manipulated? As if most people didn't. Or at least most people who are involved in you know gold or know about it didn't already know that it's manipulated. Now the German government is saying, "Hey, everybody, we should investigate this." So they're they're trying to you know they're trying to stick it to the U.S. government a little bit and say, "Hey, listen, we need that gold, and if you don't give it to us, we're going to make you look really bad." Yeah, they they could they should help you know get our credit rating knocked down, even though that's probably not good for us. Like it's uh, it's inevitable. Anyways, so <laughs> yeah, it's you know, I mean, the whole the way the money's generated. I mean, we we could talk about that for another half an hour, but it's actually it, it's designed to fail pretty much. There's no way it can actually operate forever. So uh, that kind of means it's designed to fail. You know, there, there's no way somebody putting that system in, in place could say with a straight face and believe that it will work. Yeah. For that, or anything that may be considered permanent, because it's yeah. Yeah. So it, it don't make it. in uh, international news, mo- moving on, um, uh, raw footage of Israeli settlers attacking a village. First of all, these settlers are armed with machine guns, and then they're escorted by people with camo with machine guns from the IDF. Um, and there was a another video of a similar incident where uh, they shot a Palestinian in the head, you know, for, you know, throwing stones at you. Oh, we come with machine guns. You throw a stone. Oh, you're, you're fatal. You're, you're trying to kill us. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's the tragic irony and it, and it's totally sucks. I don't know if we got to it last week, but uh, is Ariel, Ariel Sharon dies and, um, I, you know, I don't celebrate people's deaths very often, but this is one person that I am, you know, it's like how many people, how many people died, um, because of his hand? Like, uh, he's not that he's not, he's no loss. That is for sure. And, and, and to think about the people that he's killed that didn't have proper, you know, uh, being laid to rest. And, and if you look at his funeral, heavy security when he was being lowered in, oh, like the if the flag had any wrinkles, you had the wrinkle removing crew like uh, 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 over there uh, making sure the flag was flat and everything like that. It was just it was so offensive just to think just how big of a murderer this guy was. Um, but I believe that you know even if even if he wasn't brought to a legitimate war crimes trial uh, in in this life, um, there is swift justice. Bring, being brought to him uh, in in where he is now, so <laughs> wherever. You know, as my uh, as my grandpa used to say, uh, "Good riddance to bad rubbish." You know. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Um, 
Big agriculture companies are suing to block anti-GMO law in Hawaii. So good mayor um, was able to pass a law against GMO seeds. And uh, now they're they're suing. So see some some of these like busybodies in Encinitas that they they want to keep the the dialogue between distracting issues like sidewalks and stuff. There's like oh GMO is not a local issue. Mayor influences uh, GMO laws. Has it passed? And saying, well, what was your was your GMO law going to do? It's not going to do anything. Well, if the law doesn't do anything, why are these huge companies like Syngenta suing? If it doesn't matter, so obviously they don't want people like me to get elected to make those changes. So they put up these false arguments. Oh, you'll never win. Oh, those laws won't work anyways. Oh, you don't have a role in it or a local government. It's interesting. Yeah, you know exactly. And you're, you know, you you've been talking a lot about you know, um, you know, having you know, SMU just be a you know, a free currency area where yep. you know you could you know, use whatever you want. And you know, if if you're to do that, if the feds found out about it, they'd give you a hard time about that too. Well, you know, I mean, you know, that, you know, city council, that's not a big deal. But no, they'll show up. They'll talk to you. They'll be angry. Yeah. You know, they let one person get away with it, then everybody will see how well it works, and they'll do it too. Yeah. So, I mean, this is the this is the way they manip- manipulate the ar- the argument. Them voting yes unanimously on Department of Homeland Security members. Oh, that's not a big deal. If they vote no, voted no on it, oh, you don't want to wrestle those feather, feathers with the federal government now, do you? <laughs> <laughs> so it, it's like, uh, it's such a distraction. Your local government does matter. And for these issues, more than just stupid sidewalks, more than just for, you know, I've got too many slugs in my uh, driveway, uh, which is what some people uh, expect from their all-knowing, all-powerful mayors to do. What's there not? <laughs> not by a long shot. Um, yeah, they're they're bugging their local uh, feudal ward about they have a you know a minor pest problem and oh please fix my front lawn I have slugs. It's yep. uh, petty petty things petty things. Yep, exactly. I can't describe it any any way else, and that's part of it. It's a distraction, so that they can sneak the police state underneath our noses while they say. Uh, Oh, we got to concentrate on these stupid things. They don't even really talk to the press. They're completely silent while they pass all these draconian measures. Like, I, I have this, you know, the document of what are the strings attached to the DHS money. Right. You scroll all the way down amongst all these pages. You get to clause number 74, which is the compliance with the Patriot Act part. They don't even put uh-huh. it at top. The whatever the Patriot Act a- acronym is. <laughs> Um, well, I don't even want to go into it. Well, I mean, it, it, just the very fact that there's a section 74 yeah. for something that shouldn't even, you know, need to be that long goes to show you, like, what the bureaucracy of it all, you know? And, yeah. And, yeah, and uh, even, like, local city councils, I mean, like you're bringing up, they're, they're, they're incredibly unresponsive to even questions that are slightly out of the norm. So some have pointed out to me that this Department of Homeland Security money is also a backdoor to Agenda 21 because it deals with natural disasters and, it, and then it requires compliance with all these different kind of like uh, environmental laws that aren't environmental at all because if there was really environmental laws, you'd see the TEPCO Fukushima people going to jail. 
that's where you know these these phony environmentalists like Al Gore or the Democrats they're not environmentalists they're they're uh, they're just using that issue because it's a heartfelt you know they could appeal to appeal to the wannabe coffee shop revolutionary um, who just wa- believes what they're told and is not actually anti-authoritarian. Um, uh, although nothing against people that go to coffee shops because I'm, I'm not trying to brandish anybody, but you know what I mean. That's like, and they manufacture those stereotypes through the, through the media and TV shows, and you want to be like this guy on TV because he's cool and hip, and you know everything like that. And then he has Joe Biden on the show because it's a show on NBC. <laughs> By the way, if you get if you get your your life and your trends all from NBC, uh, you probably ought to look somewhere else because. Not only are they owned by the Rockefellers, some of the biggest mass murderers on this planet, but they're also owned by the biggest mass murderers on this planet, as in the military-industrial complex. And they try to be liberal. Come on, <laughs> it's like yeah, it's so it's, obvious. Uh, wolves in sheep's clothing for M- NBC and MSNBC. Yeah, they've uh, they've uh, been owned by GE for a very long time, and you know you think, oh, General Electric, oh, they're just you know they're. They're, you know, putting in power lines and, and things like that. And, um, and that's part of the problem, too. I think the energy industry is very much part of, like, what keeps our system very oppressive. Yeah. Definitely. Um, in, in Syria, the Syrian rebels, like, we talked about how they were messing it up for Palestine. They're They're playing right, like, that's why, like, you know, you have, you have your, you have the Jewish Zionists, you have the Christian Zionists. You have the um, uh, Glenn Beck, who's the Mormon Zionist, and then you have Muslim Zionists. They're playing, they're doing Israel's agenda for them. Yet they like just like Zbigniew Brzezinski giving a speech to the Mujahideen, saying you're doing God's work, but we're paying your salary and everything like that. We, the CIA, it's like, uh, you know, just how much, how much, uh, you know, people that are supposedly, you know. And that, that you know, murdering is not Islamist. More, you know, unity amongst other human beings. You know, no matter what your religion is, that's that, that's definitely part of it. So that I wouldn't even call them Muslims, but they're paid to, to, and they think they are. You know, I think some, most of them, for the most part, do. But they are playing right into the West's agenda, which is like what, 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 uh, <laughs> they're they're literally blocking food and aid from going to the Yarmouk ref, refugee camp. Yeah, it's uh, it's amazing. You know, I mean, uh, I, I've said it before, and you've said it too. I mean, Gaza is a giant open air prison. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it, you know, just because uh, you know there there's uh, you know some shops and you can buy a few things doesn't mean that you know people are living a good life in there. No, mm-hmm. if you can't get you know some. A lot of times, uh, essential items. Then you know you're kind of that's that's part of what a prison is. You know you can't go get it because somebody's saying you can't go past this area. And yeah, you know it's a prison. Yeah. Yeah. And speaking of the Syrian rebels, these CIA and Israeli and Saudi-backed and trained Syrian rebels, they they use some form of form of methamphetamines to not only give them energy but to fund their arms trade. So it's kind of like it's almost like another Iran Contra um, situation uh, where the U.S. government's backing these rebels, and you know, given the whole you know poppy field opium thing in Afghanistan, I mean, is this that far of a stretch? And was Iran Contra that far of a stretch either, or or is the yeah, opium uh, thing an extension of that? 
it, it, it really isn't. Like, it's, there's, um, you know, what makes that situation so much more complicated is that there's, like, six different groups <laughs> that want Assad gone, but then they also want themselves to be in power. And then how many of those are just guys being paid off by the CIA or something, you know? Yep. <laughs> I yeah. mean, it's it's so nutty, you know? It's a little microcosm of, of uh, almost like, uh, you know, the world. Like, we, we think this uh, wise overlord is bad, but trust us, we'll be a better wise overlord. We only the U.S. The empire is definitely... Definitely a less of an oppressive overlord. Whoever whoever thought that has definitely got a good shoulder on their heads. We need the CIA to. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, it's uh, you know, they they all want the Ring of Power, you know, to yeah. to bring up uh, Lord of the Rings reference. But that that's what Tolkien was talking about in those books. That's you know, I guess somebody interviewed him at one point or another, and he you know he's talking about. Power. He's talking about government power, and so that—that's what the ring is, and so that's kind of when you have uh, civil wars like that. Just let us be your wise overlord, and everything's going to be fine. It, no, it's—it's it's the, it's the same thing as before, because all you want is just you and your friends to run shit. Then the guys who are doing it before it doesn't mean that you're going to be any better. You just want to convince everybody you're going to be better, so you'll have the throne and the money, and you know, uh, be able to print your own paper money too, and have people accept it because it's legal tender, you know. Yep, and and it, uh, use force in the way that you want it, not the way that the other guy wanted. Even though the the foundational thing is just force, and the the you know, uh, I want to I. I don't want to change the system or smash the system. I just want to massage it in the way that f fits me more than if it's the other guy. <laughs> yeah, you see, the guys who had badges before, their badges weren't as shiny as our badges. So, um, yeah, you should listen to us now. That's kind of essentially what they're saying. As and then they and they then they put a gun. Then day. they put the gun to your head and say, "Now buff my badge, <laughs> make oh, it shinier." <laughs> Please clean it. Oh God, it's horrible. I mean, hey, that's not probably not too far down the road. Like, um, pull, get pulled over, shine my badge, or you're getting a ticket. <laughs> or there's the uh, there's the part in uh, Freedom to Fascism, you know, which is a great documentary. If if any of the listeners haven't heard it, um, there's a scene in there where uh, they're talking. They're you know this guy who was fighting the IRS for a number of years. You know, he finally gets his uh, some sort of hearing with the IRS, and one of the questions he'd asked the IRS was, "Well, where does your authority come from?" And no joke, the, the guy who's on the other side of the table from him puts his badge on the table, his little IRS shiny badge, puts it on the table, and says, "I'm told by my superior that this badge is my authority," <laughs> and says it with a straight face. <laughs> You know, yeah. with the straight face. I'm told my badge is my authority. Sounds right. Yeah, uh, simple as that. It's, it's, it's on video. You can go watch it. You know what it was also on video? The raid of Kim.com's compound in, in New Zealand. Um, yeah, yeah, he actually, yeah, that's, that's pretty well, too. He recently held, he launches a political party in New Zealand. So he's going off the WikiLeaks party bandwagon. And yeah, he has yeah, a... 
15,000 no sorry 15,000 person attendance birthday party <laughs> nice nice I don't nice. even know 15,000 people yeah he uh he apparently has some money and and was able to buy a couple of people some plane tickets I'm sure oh yeah you know and you know it's uh Hey, I'm almost disappointed I didn't get an invite. Yeah. That sounds like a lot of fun. But at the same time, New Zealand's a pretty small country, so I'm sure it's like, what? Something's actually going on aside from sheep herding? <laughs> yeah, there's, there's more sheep in New Zealand than there are people. That's, that's correct. <laughs> uh, also, um, uh, David Bronner of Dr. Bronner's Magic Soaps is confirmed to speak at the United We Stand Festival at UCLA, and I really like... Uh, what Dr. Bronner stands for, and I'm excited to see him uh, stand in solidarity against uh, really kind of the overarching problem that really affects the other issues that he stands for, like GMO labeling or, or uh, hemp freedom, which is uh, the two-party system and who controls them and everything like that. So it's interesting for him to be a participant, and I am a proud participant in the Dr. Bronner's challenge, I don't use anything but Dr. Bronner's. Um, uh, the cleaner, to cl I cleaned my shower today, um, and, or in the soap. I don't even use shampoo. I use the soap as shampoo, and I use it in laundry. Um, I've tried the peppermint as toothpaste before, and it is super harsh. It is, it is like, that's why it's like you get really, that's why I don't like to use the peppermint, because it is so cold. It is like, <laughs> yeah, peppermint's wild stuff. It's uh, yeah, it's uh, I've heard it's good for me for your immune system. Pretty much anything that's spicy or it's kind of you know scares yeah, you away when you eat it, it's almost always pretty good for your immune yeah. system. But um, I guess other events are coming up. But they, the uh, so the uh, we can't as well. That's in March, am I right? May tenth. Hey, I'm, I'm sorry about that. But um, before I forget about it, um, I, I, I should mention uh, the San Diego uh, Libertarian Party convention is next Saturday. In, well, by, uh, by the time this airs, wait, actually, no, wait, 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 wait. No, it's huh? this Saturday, man. It is this Saturday. Yeah. Yes, it's this Saturday. So um, it's in uh, Lakeside. I camp uh, at noon. I can't remember the exact address. Lemon it's Grove. Like it's that. the Monte Vista Village Senior Center in Lemon Grove. And uh, one, uh, uh, my sort of journalistic colleague uh, from San Diego Channel 6, Kim Dvorak, is going to be speaking. Uh, she did some investigation into the death of Michael Hastings and a lot of other cool reports. And uh, it's kind of knows, sort of like Ben Swan, you know, um, uh, kind of knows the ends of the mainstream media and is, of course, distasted by it. But still is allowed freedom in the in the uh, avenue that she has uh which maybe if she was in in another avenue might not have the, the same freedom is in a good position just like ben swan was you know that local affiliates have their own management which is good um but uh one, one of the things we hel helped uncover was uh um the war on journalism and the def definition of journalism to be specific and they specifically define wikileaks and now that relates to what WikiLeaks is doing now, which is revealing the Trans-Pacific Partnership, and they put out the environmental regulations, which are, of course, we know anything but environmental. But this is all, not only is it a global march against Monsanto Protection Act, sorry, march, 
Global Mod Santa Protection Act, but it's also a global war on journalism. And these uh, TPP bills actually specifically list WikiLeaks. So it's just another, it's just a global extension of Feinstein's definition of what a journalist is. What a journalist is. It's pretty, uh, not, it's not, it's not good at all. Yes, in order to be a journalist, you have to have student debt first. Don't forget, that's pretty much what she's saying. You must go into debt first before you can be a journalist. Yeah. Um, we also have Jeff Neal, chair of the Libertarian Party National. Pretty cool. I like, he's a, was Lee Wright's pick. Um, also, the Wednesday after that, so the convention is on the 25th. January, uh, Lemon Grove, Monte Vista Village. um, If anybody needs any more information about that or they forgot about the dates or anything like that, uh, our website is sdlp.org, as in San Diego Libertarian Party.org. So sdlp.org and uh, the information and time and date for the convention is all on the website Mm -hmm. too. So if you want to sign the marijuana initiatives, I have uh, petitions for Cindy Sheehan for governor. we're going to have, uh, you know, a lot of, you know, make, you know, the point is uh, beyond parties, people need to work independently to, to, to really uh, move and shake 2014 because um, we need to work outwardly to really uh, aff- affect this change. Uh, I, I, while I am a supporter of alternative political parties uh, in a grander scheme, I, I think we should move uh, beyond political parties and, and we already, you know, we already have been doing that, you know, marching uh, really just as individuals with, you know, these Monsanto protests or the war, uh, no war in Syria protests, really, uh, really from a standpoint of let's just get things, let's just get things done, no matter who gets credit with, no matter what it's called, um, as long as it results in liberty and, and justice and, and uh, you know, uh, everything else and nonviolence. And uh, that, that's really what counts at, at the end of the day. Uh, and so the Wednesday after after that is uh, I'm helping to bring Cindy Sheehan down um, for kind of a campaign tour through San Diego County. So at 11 a.m. on the 29th of January, doing this rally to restore civil liberties and end the police state at Encinitas Hall, uh, where speaking is myself, uh, Cindy Sheehan. Uh, Nick Burnaby, who's an independent journalist at the Anti-Media, and he's part of March Against Monsanto. He is uh, also going to be at the United We Stand Festival. Uh, and also, you should check out, there's going to be there's going to be a, there's an Indiegogo fundraiser for that. So you're going to want to uh, check that out through Free and Equals uh, uh, website and everything like that. Because... Um, um, uh, yeah, and, and Nick, I've known Nick for for a while. He, he I first met him when he got me to speak at the No War in Syria rally. He's definitely a, he's definitely a mover and shaker. I think he helped organize all the ones around the country, uh, for the most part. Um, yeah, a, a real cool dude. And uh, you know, and uh, he's been talking a lot about it lately too. Like 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 you've been mentioning about you know, um, let's not you know stick to classifying ourselves with parties and and labels and stuff like that because. You know, I mean, you guys are right. You know, we're all in the same boat now. <laughs> you yeah. know, like, it's, it's getting pretty bad. Like, and I don't really are... even, I don't consider libertarian a label because it just comes from liberty, which is, uh, which is really, uh, it's more of a, something that, that we want to see and less, less of a label. It's more of, you know, a human thing that we were all born to be free and independent. Yeah. Quote JFK. Um, 
Yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I definitely, I definitely see what you're saying. There. But it's an ed- educational rally at 11 a.m. at Encinitas City Hall on January 29th um, to bring awareness to the police state on the municipal level because we a lot sometimes we don't realize it, and it's huge. Going back to that thing with the Section 74 on the city has to uh, and the fire department have to comply with the Patriot Act because the DHS gave them free money. So we're going to ask them to strike out Section 74, if not. Most will that'll be the domino for most of the other sections too, uh, with FEMA and everything like that, um, as well as introduce people against the NDAA's model anti NDAA measure uh, to to the, at least to their agenda, so they could speak about it. And I want to know what they think about civil liberties because they're just airheads. They're silent. They give us silent treatment. What do they think about civil liberties? I mean, they voted for all this money, but what do they think about civil liberties? They they can't vote for this money and not have an opinion on civil liberties. They obviously do, but it's obviously an establishment viewpoint, and they can't. They're probably not too smart. They're on their head. They're probably paid. To, you know, they just think what people tell them to think, and their their advisors. And yeah, you know, because they we'll take the money before we find out what's inside it. Yeah. <laughs> Free money. Um, well, it can be reelected. Yes. Okay, I'll sign it. <laughs> yep. Uh, and, and then at three fifteen p.m., we have a campaign rally for Cindy Sheehan at SDSU at the flagpole near the North Malcolm A. Love Library walkway. So invite all your friends, and if you're registered to vote in the state of California, you can sign the petitions to get her on the ballot. So we actually have a real choice in our elections in the June election. So we get. And this whole stupid top two thing. 6 p.m. This is a Cindy Sheehan fundraiser at the Big Kitchen Restaurant on 3003 Grape Street in North Park. $15 plate minimum to help her take on the big money of the corporatocracy's two-party deception. That's uh, Wednesday, January 29th for you. Uh, let's talk about President Chum Bama. Saying that marijuana is safer than alcohol and the the poor only go to jail. Well, first of all, this story was a little probably mostly underreported by the mainstream media. And even if that people have the attention span of the squirrel, so if this is not followed up by legislative action, such as the abolition of the DEA and the war on drugs, then people are just going to forget about it. And he's going to continue the war on drugs. And it's just a small bone to those on the left who aren't actually principled uh, to bring them more toward the unprincipled uh, nature of, of what they believe. Saying, oh, oh, Obama's good. Oh, he kills people. But he says he's going to reform the NSA. Or he says pot's okay. Okay, we'll let him still kill people. Uh, I think that's that's the effect of it. Uh, that's the effect of it, and that's what the you know the whole toothless memo that they released near the Syrian war, you know, just as a distraction. Um, he's not doing crap about it. People have actually died because I mean, people are and they're running drugs. Like look at what the whole we, we talked about with the whole Syrian rebel thing and the opium fields in Afghanistan. I mean, this is so apparent just how full of shit these people are. <laughs> 
you know what I mean? Uh, yeah, I, I say that quite a bit. You know what I mean? But, yeah, it's, uh, they, the whole distracting people with wars and any issues that aren't really issues, uh, yeah, I mean, government's been doing this forever. So, like, when, you know, you tell people about this and they go, oh, wow, I think you're being paranoid. You know, really, a lot of times I think people are just being naive to not be able to kind of see that because there's nothing new about that. Governments have been doing this for centuries. Oh, well, uh, gee, uh, people are really unhappy about the fact that they're not getting paid a lot. Well, let's go start a crusade. Yes, we'll invade the Middle East. That'll distract people. I mean, they're, 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 you know, Middle Ages, Middle East. Since they've been doing that, but probably earlier. I matter of fact, I know it's earlier. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if that was the same sort of thing that was going on with Rome. We got to invade Carthage because they're, mm-hmm. you know, uh, you know, uh, taking our trade or some line they came up with. Who knows what the real excuse was? Um, I think uh, just a new, new. Uh, this is actually from Facebook from the person that we're talking about that got arrested at the Fullerton demonstration, saying that San Bernard, San. This might be misspelling. San Bernardino sheriffs shot a 16-year-old kid last night. The kid's in surgery. People are demonstrating in Highland. Um, wow. Yeah. Speaking well, we'll of the, which, uh, uh, Israeli. Oh, go ahead. That? What was the excuse for that? You know, did, <laughs> did it say like, well, why did they say they had to shoot him? <laughs> Beats me. Um. Israeli attacks on West Bank Palestinians increases fourfold in less than a decade. And I was just already talking about, you know, the masked uh, marauders uh, essentially, uh, you know, going around with machine guns and being escorted by the IDF uh, to attack people. That's increased fourfold in the past decade. And just an example of that, Israeli settlers storm Al-Aqsa Mosque again. Like how many times are we reporting this every week? But this time they climb the Dome of the Rock, which is the thing on the top like i mean it's just it's it's so terrible that people are willing to cause destruction and and you know interviewing a a guy that says that the whole whole entire state of israel is an affront to uh the original uh, form of judaism is is just proof that you know these various institutions around the world, whether it be the Vatican in relations to Christianity or Saudi Arabia in relations to Islam or Zionism and related to Judaism, it's all perversions of their original things, uh, such as, you know, the, the huge difference between the Torah, which is, a, you know, the, the, the supposed word, word of, of God, as opposed to the Talmud, which is written by men. And that's the one that says that, you know, uh, Gentiles have no souls and everything like that. So that's so that like, or, or the, the King James, you know, political manipulation of the Bible or Saudi Arabia's manipulation of, of Islam. And when they cross Saudi Arabia, all of a sudden it's, it's booze and prostitutes. Um, there, there's so there's so much perversion, uh, I think, on purpose to cause, you know, the average person to become all enamored by their superiority and cause violence and chaos, uh, e- even though uh, they may think they're they're, you know, on top of their life and their structure, but they're really part of a, you know, kind of a compartmentalized pyramid system where they're just used as pawns to exact the the kind of, you know, plans of other people. 
uh, to to kind of desecrate and take over, desecrate these holy sites and take it over, really take over the land, um, and and uh, that's sort of why they kind of left it, left the Al Aqsa Mosque there, um, when they took when they took over Palestine, because if they took if they actually did that in one fell swoop, uh, then they would that would be like they that would be it might be be met by even more resistance, but they have left it standing until now, but. It, you see these desecrations happening on a, on a more regular basis, uh, unfortunately. Yeah, you know, it's, uh, they want to show them who's boss. Yeah, it's, it's, yep, it, it's, it's horrible. Yeah. I, uh, you know, and uh, it, it's just one of those things that just doesn't get into the mainstream media about what's going on in Israel. It just doesn't, you know. Yeah. I mean, is, is it because... You know the connections and who owns who and, and and all that. I'm sure that's part of it too. But then you know uh, Miley Cyrus and Justin Bieber being arrested for egging a house. You know is apparently more important than that. Yep, apparently so. And 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 really like when it comes down to it, uh, as uh, the you know the David Bronner's grandfather Emmanuel Bronner put it, that you know the kind of transcendent humanity that we have among us. The commonality amongst all religions in their in their true forms, not their perverted forms, are about peace and love and everything like that. What this is, this is this is a perversion of religion. People may call it, they say it may say that they're people of God, but it is a complete perversion, and uh, they are just they are they are they are the opposite. Uh, even though even though they they are basically just pointing at a book to justify it, but they're not following that book. Uh, you know, um, they may be following the other book that has nothing to do with the the book. Uh, uh, you know, talking about the difference between the Torah and the Talmud, which I've said. You know, I didn't even know because um, even in even in Islam, the Torah is accepted. I saw this great uh, photo internet meme saying, "Yes to the Torah, yes to the Bible, yes to the Quran, no to Zionism." Like that. That's part of that. You know that that oneness that we we, we want to help. Uh, uh, reduce the perversions of religions by kings and tyrants, and get us back to the humanity, uh, the one, the oneness that uh, we've had before these mass deceptions of perversions. And the people that create these perversions, they're not religious. They, the people that founded, you know, Israel, said that they wanted to secularize it to, to you know, so we could be more civilized as opposed to the savage bearded people. Um, so I, I, it's definitely all. All perversions to cause violence and chaos instead of unity, and it, it, it sucks that it, it results in violence and desecration. And uh, but don't pay attention because watch the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, you know it's um no, yeah, what you said was was really was really wonderful, Alex. And and you're right. You know uh, we're we're all the same. Mm-hmm. You know we all want the same basic things. We want to. You know, live a pleasant life, have people we love in our life, and be able to, you know, do what we want to do. Essentially, it, it's not that hard. Most people don't want to burn countries. Most people don't want to hurt anybody. Yeah. Most people don't want to, you know, kill anybody. None of that. You know, I mean, that that's that's simple humanity, and and yet. You know, we're told that we need this, and we need a new car, and we need to do this and that, and 
And, and by the way, along the way, don't forget to pay your parking tickets and, 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 and all that stuff. Oh, that's very important to your life. Make sure and support the wars. Party. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Make sure to, you know, and uh, thank everybody for fighting halfway across the world for no reason whatsoever. Yep. <laughs> Well, um, that about does it on my headlines list. Anything, uh, anything you've uh, uh, read over the past couple of weeks? Um, this is something I kind of noticed that I, I didn't really see see that covered too uh, in too many places was, um, I guess the uh, the Philippine Navy and then the Navy of the Philippines is uh, they're, they're building two more warships, and I guess the reason the reason for doing that is, I guess. Uh, China's being kind of aggressive in the, uh, the South China Sea over there, so they're, build, they're going to start building these warships, I guess, to make themselves feel safe or more just do, you know, grown up nationalism so that they can, you know, again, make their shiny badges look important. And uh, China is in the process of doing a similar thing. They're building another aircraft carrier then said that, oh, we need this aircraft here because we have enemies, and don't forget how shiny our badges are. Mm-hmm. We'd like them. So, yeah, I guess that's the only other thing I saw. But, you know, it's a little warmongering to, uh, you know, to get people scared and, and then uh, worship their lives overboard, yeah. Yep. Yeah, and, and going back to the theater thing, it's like two superpowers, um, they may be, you know, there may be, you know, separate people in their interests, like separate group of Chinese bankers, you know, banking off the military industrial complex over there and a separate group of American bankers. And they may be, you know, there's definitely factions within, you know, the people that finance all this stuff, you know, and opposition. Um, but they thrive off of a much more divided and conquered people than, than even though they're divided, they're much more in sync than we are. And it's kind of just like, you know, uh, let's let's just play these people as let's ra- ramp up our military games and have you know. And the U.S. does it, and um, it's like they're just playing they're playing chicken with each other for no reason. I mean, uh, it, it seems all too very futile, um, but they don't care because they're shielded from it. We're the ones that get to suffer. We're the ones whose blood are spilt. Uh, we're the ones who suffer environmental pollution from whatever it is they use um suffer the taxation suffer the the you know hatred of another peoples you know they're gonna say oh you gotta hate the chinese now and the chinese internment camps and boycott panda express <laughs> even though it's uh, not really chinese <laughs> yeah <laughs> how did that get wrapped up <laughs> i don't even know oh god Bro, um, so I think um, since this is like the last episode of radio, at least for a while, it'll come, maybe come back after I get get a chance to to reset. I need to kind of work on getting this website going, which I think is the most important part. It's having a blog because I'm I, I fucking hate blogging through Facebook because it doesn't reach anybody. All these headlines are like hitting the least amount of people, and these are super important headlines um, that not not many media outlets cover. Um, or, or and then you know, of course, tacking on uh, unique commentary onto it, and uh, it's just not able to get a wide reach through Facebook uh, from a grassroots perspective. Um, so I'm gonna have to 
do do the website thing so it can uh you know have that unlimited capabilities of, of when it comes to reach um but i am technologically technologically illiterate so i have to learn how to do wordpress and all that stuff and cuz i i really don't, uh, don't have much of a crew over here uh I may have a crew of minds, but I'm not sure if Mike, you know how to do WordPress. <laughs> but I'll, I won't yeah. put I won't put that on you. I promise. A lot of it's torture. <laughs> Believe me. <laughs> um, but I, I, I'm also got to focus on running for mayor, trying to win. At the very least, I think I think that something like this press conference is literally public pressure because we're doing a people's lobby day afterwards to push for those, you know, removal of Section 74 the Patriot Act compliance and passing of the Panda anti-NDAA uh, legislation. Like, I don't even need to get elected for things to change. The reason that they're so complacent in thinking that, oh, we could talk about sidewalks all day and uh, collect our special interest money and just sit around like oligarchs and thrones is because the city hall is empty. Uh, just to just a note of just how the apathy is, 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 and the lack of interest in local government is the fact that the halls are empty. They should be filled every day because they, they we pay their salaries. Uh, I, I wouldn't want to. I mean, uh, if we were to get rid of the taxes, so maybe I don't pay their salaries. But in the system that it we do, never, they have to take our orders. You know, they work for us. It never ceases to amaze me about that. You know, about you know about. Things that are very important that really affect you more directly on the local level than almost anything the federal government does on a daily basis. And yet, the stuff that affects people more directly, they don't they don't really go and pay attention to it. You know, it's like uh, when there's a you know a local election for a judge or a sheriff, those two positions affect you more directly than who the next president is going to be. I guarantee it. Drone-loving sheriff of San Diego, Bill Gore, running unopposed. And now, yeah, he's yeah, uh, scary. It's very scary that, you know, okay, so this guy has been in office for, God, 15 years, I want to say. Yeah. He's, he's been the sheriff of San Diego County forever, and he's running unopposed. Just, oh, is he really that good? No, of course he's not. I mean, you know, anybody who's been in office that long like that is never good. Yeah. You know, they're always doing all sorts of corrupt stuff at one point or another, and he's running in a pose. It's, it's, it's real wild. Yeah. At least the person who hates uh, medical ca- medical cannabis patients uh, is running opposed. So uh, Bonnie DeMonis, the Wicked Witch of the West, is being opposed by two candidates. But uh, Robert Brewer, even though I may not agree with everything, he at least is not going to be willy-nilly and go off the whim, and no matter what the law says, he, he, you know, if medical marijuana is the law, he will respect it as it is. It is supposed to be respected. He wants to do it the right way, and he doesn't see. I mean, he's not the most politician-y politician. He, I, I think he would be the best person to vote for for district attorney of San Diego County. Um, but but as far as like myself goes, I don't I don't think I need to get elected in order to cause change because um, that's more of a last resort. Because of course it would be absolutely beneficial because I'd be there to actually have that seat and push for it and I maybe get like you know nullification of legal tender laws on the agenda. 
But for example, if I were to get nullification of legal tender laws in the agenda and there were crickets in the city hall, when I, when that came up to the agenda item, it's not going to pass. But if there were 300 people uh, in the overflow room, then it's going to pass. But l let's say we we uh, we just got so uh, such a good decentralized grassroots movement going, that's 300, 400 people strong. Um, uh, and, and I don't get elected and you push them to put it on the agenda and you push them to vote for it, even though I'm not on the council, I'm not mayor. Uh, that's a way to change it without electing somebody. So we need to, regardless of who gets elected or not, uh, obviously it is beneficial to kick out the incumbents and put in somebody like myself uh, because I don't believe in power. I am, you know, against the whole notion of absolute power. I would return power to the people. Uh, unlike, pol like, I, this is rhetoric you don't hear from politicians. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, if you have an event where you get that people to show to City Hall, uh, everyone on the, city, on the city council will be scared shitless, for lack of a better way to describe it. They're, they're not prepared for that sort of event. They never are. They're always exactly. like, oh, my God, we're here. We have to look prim and proper and, and, and not be corrupt. They're not ready for it. They never are. Yeah. And case in point, Free State Project and Occupy New Hampshire zeroed in on Concord, New Hampshire on the Bearcat armored vehicle, and they were very effective. That's what we need in every city, in every community, because uh, it's easier to do, like, while Free State Project is a statewide thing, that, you know, then you have the local deviations of that, because then they could actually go to door to door and have these personal relationships with people in their community, as opposed to a more of a statewide thing, which is not, not a bad thing, but it's just it makes it easier to uh, to uh, to go about these types of things on the local level. Um, and so let's say like we have this, this is probably not going to be a 300 person thing on the 29th, but let's say we we scare them, the crap, we're obviously going to get on the, on the local media, no doubt, with a high prominent nationally recognized peace and social justice activist, Cindy Sheehan, and uh, the local newspaper that covers the entire North County San Diego, the Coast News, has already covered my mayoral candidacy and the whole fluoride thing where we scared the water district into delaying fluoride for like two or a couple weeks until it was nobody was paying attention anymore than they did it anyways um they're definitely they're definitely gonna be there out there and it's a free newspaper that you can get in you know news boxes all up and down uh highway 101 here in uh in uh north county san diego uh for free and and um yeah, and yeah, see what that's, see, that's see who coverage. yeah see who comes from the mainstream media as well there you go. That's that's, uh, that, that's an effect right there. I mean, I uh, a lot of people when you know they they uh, run as a libertarian candidate. I I, I tell them uh, exactly what uh, you know David Nolan said in the original article about why we need a libertarian party, and that is that you know uh, you know I gave ten reasons, and the reason number ten, the very last one on the list was well we might get somebody elected if this is not about just getting people elected. It's about changing the culture and about educating people about what's going on in, in their uh, in their community, in their state, in their country, in the world. You know, but at the it, end of it, election might actually happen, and that's like the... Yeah, you know, we might actually get somebody elected, of course, you know, but, but we, it's about uh, people have to know what's going on first before they can decide yeah. who they're going to pick a box next to, you know? It's... Yep. Uh, it's 
it's a, it's a, it's a lot of work, and, and, the, and the, the more the merrier. And if you're not, you know, as a, as a friend of mine, uh, Glenda said, if you're not having fun, you're not doing it right. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. And and when you when you kind of have that awakening, you realize it's more than just filling in a box because of it. it has a letter L next to it or a letter D or a letter R. There's more of a thinking process attached to it, and and, and how this like uh, th- this would affect more than just Encinitas if we would actually cause this pressure. Maybe they don't even put it on the agenda, but we bring awareness to these issues that the, these things are finally brought from underneath the rug that they are complying with the Patriot Act because of free money that they're have militarizing their police forces, they're going to have to speak to it because they've been voting for it. They want to pretend that, oh, sidewalks are all that we know about and we only know about Sandag or, or uh, Smart Growth. And and that's that, why aren't they speaking on Agenda 21 if they're implementing it as well? Um, it's like they're going to be forced to show their hands on this issue. I'm, I bet, I, I'm probably giving them too much benefit of the doubt to say that they don't have a position, that they're just idiots wanting free money. I'm thinking that they have somewhat of a you know a, a groomed position from the mil from the police militarization industrial complex saying this is what you have to say about DHS money oh terrorist Islam uh, we need this um, to protect us better this militarized police state um, I, I, I this is this will shed some light onto them and it's going to extend beyond Encinitas because it's all these towns in North County San Diego all these towns in the entire county of San Diego. All these towns throughout California State, all of these towns throughout the United States of America. Then you go to all these uh, riot police crackdowns and all these popular protests going around in the world. The fascism is a world issue, and you start in a local town and it's like like wildfire. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's uh, you know there no nobody thought um, something that happened in. Tunisia, when the you know that guy uh, lit himself on fire, who thought that what happened in Tunisia would uh, you know affect the entire Middle East over there? I mean, you know the government in Egypt is different now. You know they almost changed the government in Bahrain. You, you know what's going on in Syria? That's related to that too. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, yeah, just uh, little things on a local level can change the world. Of course. Yep. Definitely. And, and definitely when Encinitas was the only town out of uh, the North County municipalities to actually use this stuff, which is uh, unfortunately went under the rug. Uh, I, I think if, if light would have been shed onto it more towards the beginning, um, there would have been a lot of uh, truths exposed. But it's like they let it die down. And it's like, you know, you don't want to revisit. You don't want to revisit it. So it's. But, you know, at the same time, the actions of the police department could warrant the council members and some of the people within the sheriff's office and all the hierarchy that's just involved with this in orange jumpsuits at a penitentiary. And you know what? They might deserve it because um, that criminal negligence came at a, came at a uh, priceless uh, cost, uh, so to speak. So we hope to hope to shed some light on it without uh, making it the focal point because it is uh, it happens every day to a lot of people and definitely want to just uh, focus on the positivity and and what 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 can we do to fix it going forward because dwelling on the past is not going to bring anything back um, although I do believe in justice and accountability but at the same time um, it, that's a component of the the more overarching uh, 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 goals here um, but I'm glad um, to have 
uh, the support of uh, people against the NDAA uh, with their legislation <clears throat> for the, for uh, not only tackling the Patriot Act but tackling the NDAA at a local level. And yeah, uh, we've covered that so far. You know, I, I'm really actually pleasantly surprised and very impressed about how far they've gotten so far. You yeah, know? it's it's always a it's like a combined. There's like uh, um, it really depends on the legislation that's going through at at the time, because um, there was a weak one in California, um, but there's stronger ones elsewhere. Like ACLU and Tenth Amendment centers are doing some really strong ones elsewhere in the country. Um, um, a lot of different groups are, are doing different ones. So it's but but uh, Panda is just really uh, I like the way they operate their network very involved uh, with Oath Keepers and, and ACLU, like going the d- different in different political spectrums. Um, I wouldn't call it left to right because that's just a manufactured spectrum, but um, the d- different angles um, of, of, of it, and I, and I really like that unity. Um, but, yeah, it's like uh, to retire, retire to radio, the radio show for a little bit to build a website to take a breather on producing a radio show every week just thinking about it um i may even have to go in and, and like export or tr- may, i have to uh, i'll have to do this manually manually put in every facebook post that i've done ever into wordpress because it was you know i'm literally, literally blogging on facebook but that's not a good it's not a good way those things should i should have had a wordpress three years ago but didn't didn't get it didn't have that uh, ingenuity to do that, um, so may have to spend some time doing that uh, once the WordPress gets up. If I need to, if I have to figure that out too. Um, yeah, there might be a widget you could put up that would do that. You know, if it would be connected to your Facebook stream, you know, your your, yeah. your uh, personal page, you could just there's a way to connect it. To another website, I've seen it done. I don't know how to do it, but you could do something like that rather than yeah. editor, you know. Totally. Um, but yeah, and then running for running for mayor should be interesting because I'm going to take on a lot of issues. For example, there's the self realization fellowship here, and I, you know, I'm uh, I'm uh, I'm a newly I'm an atheist turned Muslim, so I'm not. Although I see much in common with the Kriya uh, Yoga, and just like you know, the same in common with m- most everything, where you know you believe in the one, uh, you know, great spirit and everything like that. Um, I want to do it just like Gary Johnson did a town hall with the pagans and the Wiccans. I want to do a town hall with the Kriyas, and not just because I want to legalize ayahuasca. That's another story, but just on the thing of, of religious freedom and and. Um, you know, that, that, um, violence and government is not good. Um, and it's a, it's an affront to harmony and peace and everything like that. And it's definitely, um, I, I see the government has actually has their eyes on the Kriyas. They're like, the government's looking to crack down on all the buses coming in and dropping people off at the retreat. So it's like, uh, not good. God forbid people want to go in and see it, you know, some beautiful gardens, you know. Yeah. I mean, if any of the listeners have been to the gardens over there at the fellowship, it's really amazing, you know. And, yeah. and the city, you know, wants to, oh, there's so many people there, rah, 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 we can't control it, that's a problem. <laughs> you know, Government's the answer. If they can't control it, it's a problem for them. Yeah. 
And um, yeah, I'm 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 excited for uh, the United We Stand festival coming up. Uh, volunteering along the way and uh, watching it build, and um, uh, I'm excited that uh, you know Nick is going to be speaking there because and his show is coming up next because we're about to take a break. The AntiMedia.org, the AntiMedia Radio, but you really get to learn a lot from younger leaders who have experience in organizing things when they weren't like, you know, you're not cut out to be this type of a person. You don't go to school, learn any of this. You have the passion in your heart for these issues and then you figure it out along the way. And it's like, that makes you even more learned is, is figuring out from scratch, plus having the heart for it, not, not going to school for it and being manufactured and trying to look for a paid gig as, as a, you know, like a, um, whatever president obama was back in the day who knows um like being able to I, being able to have a hand in stopping the war in syria that's huge nick nick definitely uh, give you could give nick some, some credit for for helping to stop the war in syria with our massive public outcries um i mean we, we we may not even be able to fathom that impact given that you know People aren't. I mean, people are still dying because of this covert CIA uh, operations. But given that's people like me are the type of people that speak there, I was able to go and speak at that rally that he organized, and he, and, and he organized some of them nationally uh, through the internet network. But physically, you know, the San Diego one, I was able to talk about. You know, we actually got to focus on the covert stuff, not just the overt stuff. The covert CIA is really Saudi commandos training these rebels. Not just the oh, oh yeah, we're gonna invade them. Yeah. yeah, it's definitely good that you bring that up because a lot of people just you, you don't know and you know have problems fathoming that that there's a possibility that there's a large number of people that are just getting you know paychecks from the CIA to pretend like they're you know good guys. Mm-hmm. Freedom fighters, eh? <laughs> yeah, mm, freedom fighters. What are they called? What, what are they calling themselves again? Oh, uh, CIA guy. Oh, okay. All right, all right. We were, we were wondering how to pronounce that. Apparently, that's how you pronounce that word. Al CIA Yeah, but I, 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 I'm, I'm getting pretty optimistic. While at the same time, we gotta keep our eyes and our minds sharp, um, because they do need to use all this police militarization gear to up their budgets next year. Whether or not they will actually manufacture crises, like maybe another. Boston bombing scenario, or just uh, extrapolate, you know, with uh, uh, a crisis, you know, from the 13-year-old kid with a pellet gun to something else, like um, just just uses use anything as an excuse to be aggressive, like the like the kid, the guy with Down syndrome that they dragged out of the movie theater. Like, did they have to use aggressive force to drag him out and then asphyxiate him while they were dragging him out? No, but they're gonna. F- they take these. They take these inches and turns them into miles. Unfortunately. Yeah, you know, a, uh, a, a, a sick and dying, or a, a dying and angry dinosaur is gonna try to be violent every now and then, but ultimately it's, it's, it's gonna die. You know. So yeah, they, you know, we, you and me, and and you know, other guys like Nick and. And a couple other, I mean, I could spend a day telling people who I know who I believe they know what's up, you know. Uh, 
we can see the light at the end of the tunnel there. It's just that you also have to tell people about the bad stuff, too. And so they, sometimes people get the impression like, oh, you guys are so negative. It's, no, it's not negative. You've got to yeah. know the truth, too, before you can see what's coming and, and the good that's coming, the, 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 the whole paradigm shift and the way that the people interact with the rest of society. You know, it, 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 it's wonderful, but you know, you got you to know what's going on today, too. Yeah, definitely. Do you have any uh, Do you have any other thoughts for the final? It's not. It's not gonna be like the final final radio show. It's just gonna be the final for a while. <laughs> yeah, a, a, a sabbatical, if you want to call it that. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, I, I I had a, a wonderful time doing this. I, I love it. it, it, it it's so much fun. You know, I've always wanted to do radio. You know, ever since I don't know, I was in junior high school and all that sort of stuff. And and when we were on a Live air radio station, that was good times. Doing a podcast is still a blast. You know, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna miss doing this. I, and uh, and the idea that uh, you know, just the two of us sitting here talking, that saying that somebody else could be listening to it who hasn't really been introduced to these type of ideas and is a little bit unaware of what's going on in the world. You know, that maybe we're helping them learn more and change the way they look at the world. And, and that, that, that it's such a wonderful thought for me. I think that's why I like doing it so much. I guess, uh, I guess I, you know, that sums it up, you know? Yeah, and, and it definitely, I think it helps to break down barriers because um, I don't have a crazy Texas accent. Don't want to name names who I'm talking about. I don't... Uh, <laughs> I don't spew uh, hate. Yeah, no hate, no, no, no racism. No, like, oh, this group of people is to blame for everything. No, I think everybody's an individual. Everybody's individually accountable for their actions, no matter what cloak they want to hide behind, uh, which may uh, be related to a group, but that their actions don't re- represent the actions of everybody in that group. Uh, really, this movement is about peace and love and harmony and unity and and really equal justice. It doesn't matter who you are. I don't care what group you're from. If you're an individual and you commit a war crime or you pollute on somebody or you uh, use force on somebody, uh, you should be subject to something, something like, uh, like you know, jail time or uh, fines or restitution, uh, anything. I, maybe not the death, no death penalty, but um, really, the, the the entirety of the show is truth and justice and peace and love and non-aggression, and and kind of moving forward from from this stuff and, and and actually trying to fix things with with solutions like what we talked about. You know, growing your own food, taking control of your diet, being your own person, thinking thinking for yourself, being in touch with. Uh, nature and you know the kind of oneness of the universe and and really uh ditching negativity and and not being hard on people not being hard on yourself um really when when that that is what kind of liberty i i I think is about is just being doing what uh, doing what life is supposed to be doing and not ruling on other people and not getting ruled on and um, you know, and if you do commit an act, there is some sort of uh, mechanism to bring you to justice, whether it's a minarchist governmental system or some kind of a private system in an anarchist system. Either way, it's the same principles. Um, you know, uh, you're you are uh, personally responsible, and 
And uh, I guess, yeah, another point of this whole show is supposed to be uh, turn off your TV and stop believing the mainstream media. Yeah, you know, I mean, we're never going to have a uh, peaceful society if Russian society is, is, is based on violence and it's considered legitimate by most people, you know, I mean, we, we can't have a, a, a peaceful culture until people understand that the authority isn't real. It's, it's inside their heads, you know, something that they've been told since they are very small, just because you've been told that since you're very small, doesn't mean it's real. Everybody at one point figured out that Santa Claus wasn't real. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, that's impossible. Or, uh, an, an old man in the red suit, all the way around the world with nine reindeer and delivering presents to everybody. To everybody. <laughs> yeah, yeah, government's a myth. I mean, in the, in the same way, they, they, how is it that they can tell you what to do? Where do they get that right? If you don't have that right as an individual, how, how does that all of a sudden exist just because... Uh, people acquiesce to it. They don't necessarily agree to it. They just allow it to happen. Just because people allow it to happen doesn't mean that it's right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Authority. Authorities in the mind. That's why this song that we're going to play out before the commercials, and then after that, the anti-media radio with host Nick Burnaby, the antimedia.org. This song has to do with our good friends that got arrested on Saturday. This song is called Fascist Pig by Suicidal Tendencies here on Free Thought Radio, part of the Free Thought Media Network. I want to I wanna thank you, Mike, for helping out and being an awesome, uh, uh, well, no, there's no really face on this show, voice on this show and uh, making it exciting and interesting and giving a perspective and uh, yeah. being uh, being an uh, a level-headed, credible person, uh, as opposed to, well, uh, you know, and, and thank you for, uh, you know, uh, having this and, and, you know, doing all the work that you've done to, to, to bring it into existence, be it, you know, uh, working at, uh, you know, at KKSM and all that, and then having all the equipment and actually, you know, and when it comes down to it, asking you to, to work with you on this. I mean, it's, it's been a wonderful experience. I really can't thank you enough for it. So, yeah. Definitely. And we definitely need more people like you or myself that can speak clearly and rationally and not sound like Rush Limbaugh um, or, or Glenn Beck. I, th- I think, you know, when we become our own media, it's like, well, uh, this, is, this is an entirely new standard I have for the rest of my media. People that I can actually relate to, people that don't really have these huge egos like me, 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 watch me cry in front of a chalkboard. When was the last time he cried in front of a chalkboard? I don't know. In between asking you to subscribe to his, to his TV station for money. Yeah. I, I, yeah, it's, it's, it's wild. You know, it's, it's so scripted, you know, uh, he can't possibly cry in front of a chalkboard that much. <laughs> Maybe that's his home. Is like he has a chalkboard in, in like his his master bathroom, and he and all he does is, is cry about uh, I don't know, whatever. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, th- this he is. He probably has an onion in his pocket before he does the show. You know what I mean? Cuts it open, puts it in his pocket. 
And so right before they come back from the commercial, you know, he takes a big puff of the onion so he starts crying. <laughs> well, uh, this is the uh, last song of the last episode of Free Thought Radio, Free Thought Media Network, freethoughtmedia.org. This is Suicidal Tendencies with Fascist Pig and then the commercials and then the Anti-Media Radio with Nick Burnaby, the antimedia.org, LRN.FM. Thank you guys for tuning in. Media Radio once again with your host Nick Burnaby of the Antimedia.org here with my co-host DB Schwartz. How's it going, brother? Hey, how's it going, Nick? How was your weekend? Not too bad, man. A lot of a lot of stuff going on. It's an important day today because you know one of the modern prophets lost his life, and uh, we give we give this day to him, Martin Luther King, and 
Yeah, man. I don't know what he would think about the world today. I can only imagine that he saw everything coming and he tried to stop it and they, they got to him. Yeah. Um, you know, he was bringing together too many people and that was the big, that was the big thing. If you look back at, at anybody that they take out, you know, and, um, it's not really a question whether the government took out Martin Luther King. It's pretty obvious. In fact, there was a lawsuit in 99 where his family won a civil case against the government right. um, because they were negligent um, regarding his death. You know, <clears throat> But it, it's a typical pattern. They take people out that are uniting people. If you can unite people, you become a threat. If you can divide people, then they love you. You know. Yeah, God forbid that uh, the elites might have the, the commoners – all band together and actually try to lift the entire human race and not just allow them to uh, filter up the wealth, resources, education, technology, and all that other stuff. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> he was a huge threat to the, the political establishment. You know, the, the size of these rallies that he was, he was uh, pulling together and the, the message that he was bringing against the war, that was one of the biggest threats you know, to them is the, the military-industrial complex. He was a threat to them. And he tried to stop the war, and he, in fact, you know, it was largely thanks to a lot of his efforts that they were able to put enough pressure on these guys to end this war. And the you funniest know. thing about Martin Luther King Jr. was that in direct response to him, the the Cold Mountain Report basically was 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 created because what what the people in charge had used for years was war and and other devices to kind of keep control and keep population down and. And they use infighting, especially racial infighting and national infighting, to keep, uh, you know, keep the the people in line. And anytime a guy like a Martin Luther King Jr. or even a Bob Marley comes along, if people were to band together and see what was going on, they wouldn't stand for it. And then the people in charge, they could never stop a united front once it got to a certain amount of numbers. Yeah, and then you got guys. that were kind of born out of that movement but they've turned into political tools like um this 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 uh the black congressman that's that's up there that's always supporting obama i always see him on c-span and then uh you know you got jesse jackson out there dividing people up you know well the worst is al sharpton yeah and al sharpton he's absolutely the worst i mean him and bill clinton might as well just they're the exact same guy you know and uh he's just a globalist show like always and he's what they call the the bourgeoisie, man. It doesn't matter what his race is or where he came from or how hard he worked. At the point of the level of income and wealth he's at now, he's just a part of the, the complex at this point. Yeah, he's part of the establishment. And um, so people like that nowadays are put up on this pedestal and, and they're artificially you know, uh, pushed down everybody's throats as if they're some kind of – great thinker or activist or they're they're good for civil civil liberties or whatever when it comes down to it these guys just line up with the political establishment you know so it's it's like um it's like these people are favored and then the people that are really uniting people are either discredited or ignored or worst case scenario i mean what happened to martin luther king if you just won't stop that's what they end up doing Yep, he's just another long line of martyrs, and there will be more, and there always are more. And, um, you know, until either the agenda gets pushed through fully or we start to stem the tide and push back a little bit, that's that's really all we can hope for. At this point, it seems like we've just been delaying it, and I like how the alternative media movement has really spearheaded that. You know, we it's like we always say, we, we feel like 
we kind of stopped or delayed the Syria. Although today, of course, now you see Assad getting slammed again with, uh, you know, undeniable proof that he ordered death squads to go town to town when, you know, Russia's going to come up with undeniable proof that it was uh, our, our Al-Qaeda guys that did it. So, you know, this proxy war they want so bad, they're not going to give up. Uh, so which uh, <clears throat> which government-backed terror group is it going to be this time, you know? Um, yeah. That's basically what it comes down to. And, and, you know, the Assad side of it is basically terrorism as well. And then you got uh, the other side of it, which are the U.S.-backed rebels. And, uh, you know, we're f- funding people that are going hand-in-hand with al-Qaeda. Um, and and it just goes to show that, that these people aren't actually our enemies. In fact, the, the military-industrial complex will ally with these people when it's convenient for them. Whenever they can make some money, they're going to just say, oh, okay, al-Qaeda is not the enemy. They're actually the friend, and we're going to go ahead and start up this war, and then at the end, we can go and fight them. At the, at the end of the day, we get, we got to fight them at the end. So we take it over, put put these guys in power, and then we got to continue this war to fight them back off. Right, and the and the end result is we're going to end up fighting everybody just at different times, and we're going to have everybody fight each other to weaken them first. And it's all just a giant chess game. It's just a strategy game. It's a, It's a giant risk game. It's just more of that, you know, like we always say, geopolitics rules the world. And then it's all about resource acquirement, too, and, and making sure you have enough stuff to keep the people in your country happy and then also keep the war machine going. Yep. And uh, Martin Luther King was a huge threat to that. He was, because imagine a world with no war where we have to divert all of our technology to things that actually improve the lives of people. The people in charge were 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 paranoid about that. You know, they, they couldn't envision losing this massive power base they'd had for thousands and thousands of years. So they did everything in their power to stop it. And they've succeeded by and large, but now people are starting to realize we're going to have to make a change, you know, worldwide or else we're not going to have a world to live in pretty soon. Yeah, and uh, you know, more and more people are coming around to this th- these ideas, you know. We we know that it's not sustainable. The the monetary system isn't sustainable. The economy is not sustainable. The housing situation, the homeless, you know, the 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 rate of poverty, all this stuff is just a recipe for disaster, you know. The numbers aren't adding up right. And uh sooner or later there's going to be some, you know, big time issues. Yeah, and I and I have to I have to think that with the way the economy is going and the way that everybody's hurting and the way that most people now are, are faced with housing issues and problems making ends meet, that with all these empty bank-owned homes that are not on the market, I mean, there's going to have to be a, a new housing revolution where people are just given homes. You know, it's what's going on in Utah now. Nobody's footing the bill. The bank's just going to basically say, you know what, this is a loss. We're tired of paying the tax on this thing. If we put all the homes we have in the market, we'll flood the market and we'll lose billions of dollars in homes we own collateral now. So just give them away. Just give them to charity and get the tax write-off and and just give them to people. I saw this article um, this week and I I looked at it, but there wasn't a lot of sources in there. But anyway, uh, basically what it was saying is that I guess in Utah they've been actually doing that. So they've been they've been finding uh, homeless people and giving giving houses away to them, putting them yep. up, up in houses where they can live, and they've reduced uh, homelessness in Utah by eighty percent. Um, 
in the past few years, and then they expect homelessness to be down to almost zero by 2015. Yep, and what they did is they just did a really simple study where they found out how much it costs in, you know, basically services um, when you when you figured in how many times the average homeless uh, person will uh, visit an emergency room, go to jail for whatever, and then you have to feed them and everything like that. It worked out to $16,670 a year per person who is homeless just in those those fees and stuff. And they found out, well, we can put them up in a home for 10800 So it's saving the taxpayer about six grand per person. And then what they're finding is these people, when they give them the home, they go get a job. They don't sit on the street because now they have a place. So this massive burden's lifted. And they get a bu- they get on the bus and they go find work and they're back in the economy and whatever the job they're doing, who, who cares? However lowly the job is, it's better than them being outside, you know, in the cold at night. Yeah, you know, and 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 once they have a house, it's a little more stability. It's a base. I mean, it's, it's a base it's to work from, you know. It's everything. Yep, and especially in a place like Utah, I mean, look how cold it is up there. Exactly. I mean. Oh, go ahead. That, yeah, that ended up slashing their homeless rate 74%. And you have to understand, this has only been going on for like a few months. And the demand is absolutely overwhelming. So much so that other states are like, well, we have to think about this long term. I mean, we're going to get more money back into our base for services because it's been shown that the overwhelming majority of the people with homes get jobs. It doesn't matter. They get McDonald's job. It doesn't matter what the job is. But then they're paying taxes instead of sucking taxes away. So it's a win-win for everyone. Yeah, it benefits the community to take care of the people that are that are in trouble. Yeah, and they're just putting, you know, they're putting two two people per room. So if it's a three bedroom house, they threw they throw six dudes in there at the bunket. But whatever. <laughs> See, and this is kind of what federalism was supposed to be about. <clears throat> you yeah. know, hopefully Utah can do this at the state level and figure out a good way of doing it, and then other states can start replicating it because we know damn well that the federal government is a waste of time and a waste of space and should just be gone. And I can tell you from personal research that California has over 1 million vacant homes. 1 million, dude. I mean, I don't know how they have that many. It's because the housing boom and these deep suburbs where no one got homes because the commute takes forever are just sitting there. Yep. And and if there's a million if there's a million empty houses, that's about you know, <laughs> that's like an empty house for every uh thirty people, right? Well we're we're at like forty million almost now, but whatever, it's still a lot. If for every forty people there's a house out there sitting there with nobody in it. Yeah, and for every 40 people, I mean, the fraction of people that are homeless is, like, uh, less than one. You know, uh, the percentage of homeless is a lot lower than that. So, you know, there's no no way for them to not consider giving these people houses. And there'd still be a lot of houses on the market. You know, it's not going to, like, decimate the housing market or anything like that. Well, the thing is an empty home already is decimating the market. That's the thing. It's sitting there empty. It's not paying into the tax base so that everybody else's taxes are – they're just going to rise anyway. I mean it's going to lower the land value in that way too. So like it's just – as long as they're not legitimately mentally unstable people, like you're going to have to screen the, this, these people somehow. But as long as they're just people down in their luck or if they're vets that need assistance and they're just like 
completely out of it. And once they have a place to stay, they, they can go get treatment and then give back into the workforce. That's, that's what we need. We need to spearhead a movement like that because it's going to fix so many things and so easily. And then it's off the banks, uh, it's off the banks books too. They don't, it's not a liability anymore. They don't have to pay the taxes. They don't have to do the, the uh, maintenance or anything like that. Yeah, I mean it makes perfect sense, and we got the resources are there. You know, it's one of the another one of these fake scarcity things. You know, people think that there's just not no place for these people to live. That's not the case. There's plenty of p- place for these people to live. There's plenty of public land too where these people should be at. When I was down in Houston, um, stopping through on a flight, I was there for a few hours, and I I went down in downtown, and there was literally a huge skyscraper building that's completely abandoned, and there's homeless people living on the sidewalk in front of it. It just—I mean—the windows were literally boarded up on this place, and the Jeez. people were living right there on the street. It just didn't make any sense. It's ridiculous, and we're as you know, as the people of this country begin to suffer more and more, and we get into the third world situation that looks like it's going. You know, we're going to have to basically demand that these things happen. We don't want these big giant tent cities. Uh, popping up like in the last Great Depression when there's all these empty homes that are perfectly fine and they're all built. These people aren't going to ask for utilities or anything for free. Just let them have a roof. Yep, a roof and a little bit of warmth, you know, goes a long way. Then they'll get the job for the utilities, trust me, because I'm reading these articles and it's saying like the people they're interviewing are going, once I had a place, I wanted water and electricity, so I went and got a job. (laughs) And it was so simple like that. It was, that was the reason for it. Yeah, exactly. You know, they had a pride of ownership, so to speak. Um, make sure you guys check check out uh, ucy.tv, whoever's listening, if this is your first time or second time or whatever. Um, bookmark this, this uh, website, and you guys can listen to other radio shows. There's a show that comes on after ours. There's a bunch of shows before ours every day of the week. We're on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the same time. So you can just bookmark the site, and you'll hear whatever show is on at the time. And um, if anybody wants to call in, <clears throat> Mondays we take calls, so you guys can call in. The number is uh, 718-717-8296. So if anyone wants to chime in and, and talk with us or bring up a topic that we're not talking about or anything like that, then uh, you know just drop us, a, drop us a call and let us know what you want to talk about. Um, I guess we can move on here with uh, this next story, which was this, this whole Kelly Thomas thing, and it's still – boiling over down there in Fullerton down in LA. Um, in case you aren't familiar, this is the, the the homeless guy that got totally decimated by the cops and uh, they literally beat him to death in the streets. And the guy, there's video of one of these cops putting on rubber gloves in order to beat this guy up. And he's like, you see these fists? Well, they're about to F you up. You know, like there was clear intent there, you know, premeditated intent to beat this guy, beat this guy's ass. Right. And, um, <clears throat> they hire the same one of the guys hires the same attorney that that the cop had for uh that that had beat up Rodney King, you know, and they got him off. <clears throat> of course the community is going insane over there and um <clears throat> there's a big protest on Saturday of uh, justice for Kelly Thomas. And sure enough, the cops show up militarized, armored vehicles, wearing body armor, riot gear, um they they took down <clears throat> about 15 to 20 um, protesters, arrested them. Uh, didn't didn't read them any Miranda rights. Just kind of disappeared these guys into these unmarked cars and then took them to straight to jail. 
uh, journalist friend of mine, Patty Beers, got arrested as well. Um, after I, I, you know, this is the crazy, this is the, the, the crazy part of the story. Um, a, a CBS reporter, um, pushed one of the protesters and the protester retaliated and then the cops went nuts and they arrested the girl that originally got pushed cause she pushed back. Um, she got arrested and charged with the felony. Meanwhile, the re- CBS reporter got off. No, no charges taken, no, no jail time, nothing like that. Um, <clears throat> So once again, it's just another example of where the allegiances really stand. Well, you know, it's, AC, it's ACUL. It's going to be ACLU Field Day. It's going to be uh, many uh, dozens of new millionaires who are going to have a deep uh, despisement for law enforcement in that that community because it's LA, man. It's just LAPD doesn't matter if it's Fullerton or if it's calabasas or wherever whatever county it is and whatever part of that county it is it doesn't matter the the reputation is just at this point probably uh it can't be fixed anymore like it doesn't matter what kind of pr they do um it's not the nypd the lapd's got a totally really bad um reputation i just i mean they're just trashing it with this it's 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 like obviously this guy had mental issues he was schizophrenic and maybe he was violent you know, but pepper spray and there's other tools and things you can do. You don't need to just beat someone down and put him into a coma. And the guy didn't even look human when he was in the hospital. If you see pictures of him, he he looks like he's a, a human bruise. Yeah, he was just you know? completely, completely annihilated by these cops and they just didn't stop. You know, these people get into this oh. frenzy, these simple minded fools get into these frenzies and then there's just no stopping them. You know? And the thing is, there's two guys that are obviously unfit for duty, and four guys come, and do they pull the two guys off? Nope. They subdue the suspects while the other two just keep beating.